This is Papa Smurf. You're listening to Our Lifestyle, the podcast with ODB and the mayor. Yo, 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 it's ODB. This is Our Lifestyle podcast. We're getting ready to jump into the fresh episode. And we want to thank our title sponsors, which includes Custom Car Show Productions. They have three key events every year. Orange Beach Invasion every March in Orange Beach, Alabama. Scraping the Coast every June in Biloxi. And Bayou Showdown, which is every November in Slidell, Louisiana. We also want to thank Mini Truck Showdown family, which includes their event, their flagship event, the first weekend in June 2022 in Las Vegas, Mini Truck Showdown. You can go on Facebook or Instagram for more information. They also have Kern County Showdown, which is going to be in Bakersfield, California, the first weekend in February 2022. Thank you so much. Support those that support the scene and on to the episode. Knock this mother out. That was a good song, wasn't it? Bro, it was the fucking bomb. Turn this mother out. Remember when Vanilla Ice remixed it? Uh, no, that I don't remember. Didn't he? He was like, um, that knock this motherfucker out was, uh, we're gonna turn this motherfucker out. And then he had go white boy, go white boy, go. Remember that one? Oh, uh, well, of course I remember that one. I remember you would do, Shannon was saying you would do the worm to that in the dance clubs. <laughs> dude i'm trying to get a photo bro I bro know, i know somebody had one of the big video cameras on their shoulder we just gotta find it <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna make it a jeff or whatever a meme bro 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 oh fucking shit man fucking shit man <laughs> yo 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 it's our lifestyle podcast episode 270 Welcome to 2022, Biggity Mike the Mayor. You dialed in, dude. What's going down, bro? Just another beautiful day here in Southwest Florida. I tell you what, it was a little nipply this morning. Uh, I got in my truck and it said a whopping 52 degrees. And I know all you guys from up north with all that snow and y'all like shut the fuck up, 52 degrees, bro. That was a little chilly. I had to turn my I had to turn my heat on this morning going to work man that chill in the air this past weekend was awesome so glad to hear the weather updates back but you know christmas and new year's you know happy new year everyone again hopefully you guys had a great christmas but it was so warm but we knew eventually like january comes around that's another reason why people don't realize mike that that you and john settled on january for the show because if you pick out of all the 12 months, my understanding in Florida, right, it's pretty damn hot. January, dude, it's it's awesome, dude. It's playoff time, if Jim, as Jordan Morrow would say. But it's also, it's going to dip down a little bit. You know what I mean? Well, that's what we're hoping for. And, uh, and of course, what ODB is talking about is Eastbound Get Down Show. Okay, guys, January 21st, the 23rd, Daytona. Destination Daytona. That's in Ormond Beach, Florida. Uh, come on down. Um, EastboundGetDownShow.com. Get those registrations in. Um, it's almost over. We're about to close that up. Um, it's sixty bucks. Two armbands for the weekend. And uh, come out and have a damn good time. 
I could see you, I'm on eastbound, get down, show.com, just how it sounds, right? There's no kind of weird spelling or anything. I could see you getting that as a tattoo, eastbound, get down with the eye, right? Like right across your arm, dude. You know what I mean? And then you hold your arm up and then boom, you know, that's your advertising for the whole, you know, for the show. Oh, absolutely. That's my gimmick. Isn't that what they call it? The gimmick? Yeah. Tell John to get it first and then you'll go in second. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Sloppy seconds, man. I love sloppy seconds. <laughs> and then, like, once he gets it, you go, hey, I've been thinking we're kind of maybe going to change the name. I don't know. You know what I mean? But No, there's definitely, after all that fiasco we went through with that shit, there is no change in the name. <laughs> Ten four one. this episode, we hopefully, as we always say, the show must go on. But if all goes well, we'll have Mike Collins on and Mike owned Skybody. What's been ironic, Mike, is been wanting to have him on, but we kind of wanted to line it up too with us selecting his truck, Skybody, as one of the two that are on the River Run remix. So he goes back 30 years. There's a tie in with Gendro. So much to talk about. And hopefully, if everything works out, we'll get that audio done this coming week and then it'll be out for 270. So I'm excited, Mike. Bro, 270. Would we have ever have imagined? that we'd make it to 270 episodes, brother. That's, that's fucking awesome. That's amazing that we've, uh, we've made it this far. Yeah. I always thought, you know, the only thing we've done probably 270 times in a row is like hit the bar on a Friday night, trying to catch up to Hank and it's just not easy. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't really have any other comebacks. There is definitely no catching Hank. That is impossible. <laughs> no doubt. And I do want to thank Mike Collins. That's flamed underscore Buick five, five on Instagram. Of course, you'll hear me mention that later with him, but uh, he posted uh, about a week or so ago, right after Christmas, he went and dug up a bunch of old school photos and, and he, he tagged us and said, uh, last week I was informed that my mini truck, uh, that my friend Brian and I built in my parents' garage with limited tools, less knowledge in an $8 an hour budget was going to be used as a shirt uh, on the shirt for our lifestyle podcast. And, you know, he kind of goes on a little bit, a lengthy post there, which is fantastic. But Mike, it's pretty cool to have a triple OG from like back to the eighties, you know, go dig out some more photos of their famed truck. And uh, it's of course had a couple of different renditions. So I'm excited to talk about that with Mike and can't thank him enough for sitting down with us this week. Oh, absolutely, brother. And just the fact that he's been in this scene for over 30 years is, uh, is you know, is really is badass. Uh, so uh, really glad to have, you know, that knowledge of the scene on, you know, our lifestyle, the podcast. Yeah, no doubt. And the last thing I'll say about it is uh, there's a photo of the truck when it was the black edition. And uh, there's guys that are sleeping under it and you see their legs hanging out. And when I would see that photo that is really the inspiration for the first River Run remix, and, or excuse me, the first River Run uh, artwork. You know, you had the guy's legs kind of coming out, kind of that West Coast, you know, style River Run. So it was cool to be able to come back and flip the script and then put it on there. So, you know, tip of the cap to the OG Mike Collins. So, but Mike, I got to thank Graphics Mafia for um, always sponsoring what we do. Of course, they um, sponsor us here for the overview. And we tell you time and time again, it's graphixmafia.com. They could take care of your sticker needs. Uh, if you want to take your business to the next level, they even do some design work. They'll do wraps. And, Mike, I understand that they're going to be out at your show 
They're on Facebook. They're on Instagram. But oh, by the way, I think Buddy's getting a little crazy on TikTok. But it's great that they're going to come out and continue to support the Florida scene, including you guys' show at the end of this month. Uh, yeah, Buddy and Ryan are always out supporting the scene. And uh, it's always good to have those guys um, out there. And like you said, man, you need any stickers, they can make them for you right there on site. Yeah, good stuff. So the last episode recap, Mike, the uh, episode 269, it was kind of ironic to end the year with that one. Again, Hank's always talking about 69, never really understood what that was, but maybe one day we'll figure it out. But the last episode was awesome because each of the folks that won our best of for the 2021 awards, they had reached out and they were blown away. And again, we don't do it for you know the recognition or anything like that. We do it because we want to recognize them, right? We don't do it for what we're doing. We do it because we want to you know tip our cap to those uh, individuals, Mike. So I think all the thought and the time and the effort that we kind of put into the awards, I think it was it was well received, and that was fantastic. Oh no, absolutely, brother! And it just seems like they keep getting better and better uh, as we go here. Yeah, no doubt. And then you mentioned the Custom Scene podcast. I love what they're doing too, right? They had reached out um, you know, to the community, the truck community, and they did their awards, which I think is cool. And then I also want to um, you know, say uh, congrats to James over at Hashtag Mini Movement, arguably one of the coolest, baddest uh, social media pages from a mini trucking standpoint. He also did like Best Truck, and he actually went with Carl, the Star Wars truck, and I thought that was kind of cool because – we saw Carl out at Lone Star Throwdown, and uh, you know he kind of did the tie-in to that. So you know, there's no doubt Carl was out there too, representing the scene. No regrets. And again, these other outlets love seeing what they're doing. Always, brother. Always. Yeah. So uh, last episode recap brought to you by Lone Star Throwdown. We'll be out there in about two months. Last weekend in February, come on out to Conroe again. Although you may not be able to get a vehicle in. Arguably, this is one of the shows that's um, just as fun attending. Come on out, Conroe, Texas, LoneStarThrowdown.com for more. So, Mike, dude, the general updates, I'm just excited for 2022. I know, you know, this one's probably an easy, easy one for you because, you know, your show with John is coming up in a couple weeks. But outside of your show, right, like what are you most excited for as we get sideways into the new year, man? um well shoot bro we got a bunch of uh, a bunch of badass shows uh not just mine not just mine and john's but uh we got a bunch of other shows that are going on that we you know we go to pretty much every year uh but at the same time uh just getting my truck out there uh now that scott's got it done from uh intense works and uh you know ryan um over at profab uh, you know, the, between those two, they did a killer job and just getting it out there and, and, uh, getting it to shows and, uh, and driving this damn thing. Yeah. I know you're super excited about that. And the other thing that I think that was cool and we haven't touched upon it a lot, but I've mentioned, um, you know, in, to focus on the positivity of the truck, you know, you had that hiccup with the Indo CVT and we know that Indo CVT as Ryan has said, from an accurate standpoint, will not continue on. But that's one thing that Ryan also did last year. And I always encourage if you've got the Indo CVT, if nothing else, get the parts. Because eventually, if you are left stranded and that compressor's in there, Mike, you have to have the parts to be able to do the uh, Indo CVT to the Indo VT update. And I actually, the reason why I'm saying that is I watched the switch speed 
uh, or switch suspension, I watched their video the other day, and they actually do it, and they do a really good job of kind of showing it. It's not an easy task, but that's another cool thing that you've done on, on the Mazda. Oh, yeah, that was definitely something that had to be done, obviously. And I tell you what, I just go ahead and, and get some advice for anybody out there that is still rolling with one. Go ahead and yank that damn thing out of there, get it out of there, and uh, go ahead and get it replaced now uh, before it goes out on you like it did me. And uh, so that's the only thing I can tell you. Real deal, man. So I know uh, from my perspective, just looking forward to, you know, slowing down a little bit. And I know some might be like, oh, man, you know, that's – but for me, it's going to be like, you know, very selective on some of the shows that we can hit, uh, do some of the family stuff. You know, Preston is in 10th grade and – you know, got to get them through the rest of these couple years. You know, Mike, having a teenager, especially, you know, with grades and all that stuff, how important it is in their life. So just trying to focus as, as much as I can there. But um, as always, man, for a fresh new start, you can never go wrong with that. Oh, absolutely. Now, Mike, I know you got some things going on tonight. Um, I We are going to go over one more segment, and I think then we'll cut away. But I just want to say a general update is brought to you by our fine friends over at Southeast Mini Truck and Nats, also known as Mini Nats. And, Mike, you know Mini Nats, Jason Bell and team every April last weekend. You know it's a fantastic weekend, and we're so excited to be up in Maggie Valley, aren't we? Oh, dude, it's one of our favorite shows of the year every year. It doesn't matter if it rains. It doesn't matter if it's hot. It doesn't matter if it's cold. Mini Nats is the place to be, and you don't want to miss it. Never want to miss it. That's where more mini trucks come all in one location than any other show in the country. But you know one thing we did forget about is we forgot about Dragon the Alley. Yes. January 15th. Yes, January 15th in Orlando, Florida. All right, so January 15th, right? You said Dragon the Alley. It's going to be huge in Orlando, though, right, Mike? Oh, absolutely, brother. You want to check it out, get get on the Facebook page, uh, check out the, the event page. It's club versus club. If you have, if you don't have your club already signed up, get your ass signed up. Um, get a hold of Christian and uh, and get your club signed up and get out there and let's, uh, let's bowl and have a good time, man. Nothing better than bowling and drinking. You know what I'm saying? And then going out there and, and uh, making fun of uh, everybody else that, that can't bowl. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. So, Mike, before we cut away, I do got – the trivia question with okay, Mike. players, now it's time to get serious. We don't want no whammies, Mike. We've got to press your luck. And if you can get this, fantastic. It's a great way to start the year. If not, no big deal. You know, it could just hinge on us ending the podcast. No big deal. Um, and then we'll fin- I'll finish it up, and then we'll roll into Mike Collins' audio. But, dude, this 1991, I know, I'm not even going to say a cult classic, Mike. Okay, I'm going to move into the 90s a little bit. This is really a classic, dude. 1991 American Action Crime. It features former, so in the movie, it's former Ohio State quarterback and rookie FBI agent Johnny Utah. He assists the experienced agent Angelo Pappas investigating a string of bank robberies by, quote, the ex-presidents, a gang of robbers who wear rubber masks, Reagan, Nixon, Lyndon Johnson, and Jimmy Carter uh, go out robbing different banks, okay? I watched this movie the other day, and I said, I got to incorporate it into the show because it's truly one of my all-time favorite movies. And the last clue I got, Flea and Anthony Kiedis from Red Hot Chili Peppers even make a cameo in this one, Mike. So I don't know, dude. If you don't know this one, like you might make me pull my hair out, dude. 
oh, bro, well, I can't pull my hair out because I barely have any. So, <laughs> so yeah, for sure. Um, oh, shit, let me see. Um, it, you know, I'm they're, they're, you know, it's, I mean, early 90s. Bro, I think they no. tried to remake this one, and truly they dug themselves as a hole, bro. Yeah. No, bro, I'm not going to mess around. I'm not even going to joke with you because, you know, the one thing that I, I – I'm an actual pro at, and I don't know if I've ever talked to you about this, um, but they were a bunch of surfers, and these guys were pretty <laughs> fucking awesome. And, bro, I can surf like no other. And, you know, I've conquered the waves over in um, Hawaii a couple times. And, <laughs> and Actually, the reason why we chose Daytona um, for a show wow. is because they have some, some awesome waves over there. And uh, so that we were over there surfing, and I was like, bro, this would be like the perfect spot to throw a car show. So, you know, I figured that's the reason why, but bro, um, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, Patrick Swayze was in this. Yes, he was, dude. You know, it's, 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 it, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say it since you wouldn't, this is a cult classic (laughs) and, uh, cannot go wrong with this movie. And for all you youngins out there, if you've never watched it, you have got to watch it. So go ahead and tell us the name of it, Jay. Dude, it's, um. Surfing USA, I think, isn't it? <laughs> right? Yeah, because yeah, the Beach Boys, it, the Beach Boys, um, are on the um, are on the soundtrack, right. and it's surfing in the USA, <laughs> inside, <laughs> outside. Yeah, see, dude, dude, the best part is when the chick, the little, the short, the short Ooh. little short uh, chick with the short black hair, yeah. and she starts changing. Oh, bro, those dude. little perkies. Oh, dude, beautiful, beautiful. Dude, oh. I think you know Dude. this one, but you are you are kind of you know you're kind of stalling. No, 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 I'm just over here staring at my my medals, oh. my surfing that I got on the wall over here. You know, Johnny Outlaw. You know, he 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 was he was a hell of a Nick Nolte. You know, it was a hell of a uh, you know those guys and and uh, you know him. I I just I can see that face, bro, and those damn teeth, bro. He's got like the biggest teeth ever. Yes, he Nick does. does. Hank. Wait, is it Nick Nolte? Is wait Hank, is it Nick Hank, Nolte? Was... Hank Nolte? No, wait, hey. no, Gary Busey. Gary, there you go, Gary. There you go, there you go. But dude, I tell you what, he he got the trust of uh, of Swayze in the in the movie, and then he turned on him, bro. It was yep. it was. It was good. Uh, that was probably one. That's one of those classics, like Gone in sixty seconds, bro. Every time that comes on, the Italian Job. Every time that comes on, yes. we can sit there and watch it. This is the same thing, bro. Same thing. Always can watch it anytime, every time. Yeah, and they tried to remake it and they bombed out. I mean, that was like you can't even, dude. You can't remake a classic, bro. No, you can't make a classic like that, and, and especially. Um, you know, the, the fact that they couldn't find the same surfers, you know, they're, they're getting too old. To surf, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know, and, it's, it's called breaking point, right? Well, of course it's called breaking point. Right. Well, yeah. Point break there, bro. Yeah. There you right. go. Ding, 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 dude. That's the way to start 2022. Mike, we knew you had it in dude. One of these, um, Halloween's I'm going to dress as Bodie. Okay. That was Swayze. And then you can go as Johnny Utah, bro, as as the man, the myth, the legend, bro. You know what I'm saying? Oh, dude, I tell you what, um, we got an announcement coming here soon, um, and we'll announce it at Eastbound Get Down uh, Car and Truck Show um, about, you, you mentioned um, Halloween. Um, so uh, we got an announcement coming up. Um, it might have to do with another car show. So are you we'll, helping we'll the, br- are you guys going to bring back Guavaween and Ebor maybe? 
Oh, uh, dude, Guavaween. You know Guavaween was the first time I ever seen Bubba the Love Sponge in person? Yeah, they were <laughs> They were doing like guava weed or something like that, dude. You know you know who he was rapping with on stage? Dion? Nope. Shaquille O'Neal. No way, bro. That's throwback. Dude, I'm telling you. Shaq I'm had, telling you. I, I, dude, it's so weird you say this. Shaq had a couple of rap albums. People forget. He even had a couple remixes with the Wu-Tang, dude. I mean, Shaq yeah, is... Yeah, because the Wu-Tang ain't no one to fuck with. Yeah, dog. Like, Matt will tell you, bro, from St. Cloud. He'll top rope yeah, shit, but... But, Mike, absolutely. dude, thanks for always being a good support, man. The main thing is, no whammies. You got to press your luck. Trivia with Mike brought to you by our family at All Time Low Magazine. You've seen us talk about them in the past. You've heard us talk about them. The new issues coming soon, atlmagazine.com. You can buy the last issue, merchandise, or subscribe to the famed magazine. So, Mike, dude, we're going to cut it a little um, close this, this week or a little shorter just because we're trying to keep things moving. you got some stuff going on. You're going to be gallivanting around down Naples. Whatever you do, hit the dog track tonight. Let me borrow 20, and I'll try to pay you back next week if we if, if we win. If we don't, you may not see me for a couple months. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure I'll see you in a couple weeks anyway. I don't – dude, the, did you – I mean, I last thing, bro. I mean, I don't know if you saw, dude, my, my Packers – but listen, I'm uh, not I'm not getting my hopes up. You know, everybody's talking about this and that MVP. But listen, we all know what happened last year with the pack. They went down up in Lambeau. Your damn Buccaneers. I I I'm not the guy that's going to be out there saying, "Hey, my team's going to win it all, win it all, win it all." But dude, I got a plan ahead. You know what I'm saying for the divisional round now, and then for the hopefully the NFC Championship. So we'll have to see if we can get Jim Mora on to talk about the playoffs, dude. I'll be so excited. Oh, bro, absolutely, and and not only that, uh, but I'm still over here looking for Antonio Brown. If you know where he's at, um, I'm, yeah, I'm still looking. Yeah, well, Hank's got his jersey from that game. He was at the Meadowlands, I think, and supposedly he's got glove. I don't know how he got it. He got he caught gloves in a jersey, so I think Hank did a jersey swap with AB. I don't know. Uh, that's that's okay. the rumor. You okay. know what I'm saying? And then, of course, the Bada Bing's up there, not that far from the Meadowlands or whatever it is now, MetLife Stadium. So, But seriously, Mike, I know you got stuff going on. Tell Shannon, thanks, guys, so much for always shipping out the stuff. OurLifestylePodcast.com. We've got the new River Run remix. Back to the Future, so much more. Go show some support. Cop some gear. Put Mike and Shannon to work. Mike, keep doing what you do, and we'll get sideways. Know his, oh, you know what, next week. You know what I mean? Peace. All right, y'all. All right, so Mike dipped, and I'm going to finish this episode up. So I'm going to cover some scene updates. There are some that I've saved over the past couple weeks, and I'm going to kind of merge this with the Airhead Nation updates for this week just to kind of keep things flowing. want to remind you, if you came here for the Mike Collins interview, thank you so much. Consider following and or subscribing to the podcast, depending on, of course, what type of device or app you're using course now i think apple podcast is technically follow and then you will be notified we've done three straight years of every friday free episodes and uh, if you like this one no doubt you're going to like the others as well so uh the scene updates uh here's a couple that i'll just go through and again i've saved these the past few weeks i know one of our good uh homies and great supporters tim gilbert he had uh shared that it was 29 years their anniversary with his wife dawn so uh, thanks so much for all the support. Ron had posted back on December 20th, my favorite Ron and Kate pick. Happy Born Day again, my friend. So Kate Simpson 
of course, great supporters and great folks up in RA. Now, I've seen some updates with the big homie Brent Hunter, and he was going through uh, some medical stuff over the holiday season. And the last post that I saw, he was out, and he's getting back on his feet, so to speak. So Brent, dude, saw you at SEMA, great supporter of the podcast, amazing dude. Overall, big supporter of the scene. Get well, dude, and you know, let's hope for um, kind of safer seas here for the rest of the year. Uh, Floho Moy, uh, he was on cloud nine. He said um, he asked his best girl in the world uh, to marry him, and of course, Callie, she said yes. So, uh, you know, thanks for all the support. He's been on the podcast in the past. Good people. Lauren had posted Lauren Miller, of course, Greg, rest in peace, his daughter, Alani and Radar had a great way to honor her dad at LST. We love this award that Phil Collette had put together. He knocked it out, of course, and that's going to be one of the awards for, or at, I should say, Lone Star Throwdown. It's pretty cool. It's a billet license plate. It says Texas in memory of Greg Miller, 1970 to 2021. So it's got the Scrape in the Coast logo in it. Of course, Lone Star Throwdown is at the end of February. We, we would hope that you come out. It's an amazing event, and it's one that I also like to stay for the awards if I can because these awards are uh, amazing that Phil puts together. So big ups to the homie and the entire team there. Um, Here's a cool one. Uh, this is Webb Browning, and he said, threw the cab on just to see, and you know, of course, it's looking awesome. So he's got a pretty cool project that's coming together, uh, back half, or whole frame rather, and just a badass truck. So keep doing what you do. Keep mini trucking. And uh, he's repping, I believe it's Acrophobia. Uh, Scott Brunselmeyer, one of our uh, big supporters, great dude. Uh, his Mazda, man, I cannot believe. Uh, late December, he started ripping this thing apart. Dude, I loved the interior before. And uh, I don't know what you got up your sleeve, but I'm certainly excited to see it. Mark Z uh, Zitzer, great dude. We saw him at many shows, and uh, he had a cool photo he had posted where it looked like he had a mini truck and tattoo, but... I think it's I think it's temporary, you know what I'm saying? But I think he's getting ready for the full-blown tattoo. But big ups to the homie. Uh, he's a great supporter of the podcast, and he's always out there hustling and working on his truck. So this one's interesting. We've seen Pascal with the famed Ranger. We've seen him post this before in the past, and I know that he's kind of moved on from this truck. It's one of the baddest, if not the baddest, built. And... He is, of course, part of the Louisiana Classics. You know, they love rolling in their old-school cars, and he's got a whole bunch of cool stuff. I know he had bought some land. He, I think, was working, you know, on, on his place out there and, you know, just happy to see all the success. You know, many of you know Pascal, but uh, he, you, you can see him in those windshield commercials, Safe Light, or Safe Light, uh, I think is how you say it, but always see him. I'm like, hey, I know that guy. Real good dude, but his 2000 Ford Ranger is up for sale. Technically, on that engine, less than a thousand miles, too much to list. And he posted it in the Street Machinery Sales and Service. 117,000 members in there. Of course, this has uh, almost 200 comments, uh, a lot of likes, uh, some different bumps, and things like that. And uh, one person even posted in there, question mark, like, hey, you want to trade for a convertible Lincoln on some Detroit Steels? And I was like, dude, that's pretty awesome. He says, unfortunately, it's not the one for me, but I appreciate it. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, that's a pretty cool Lincoln. But 
at the end of the day, he's asking 60000 and uh, he's, of course, accepting legitimate offers. This is one of those trucks that's like really a masterpiece, and I hope that whoever ends up with it, you know, let's let's be honest, at some point someone's going to get this truck, whether it's through a trade, money, whatever. It's one of the baddest built, and again, tip of the cap. Uh, this is on the West Coast Influence. The uh, Pascal's on there. Of course, the truck's on there as well, but you could see it on the artwork. And uh, here's a fun fact. That artwork was shot for the cover of the West Coast Influence DVD. It was shot at Lone Star Throwdown in the back parking lot years ago. And you can get that DVD. So a lot of old school folks are here to listen to Mike Collins. If you want to hear the history of mini trucking and kind of that quote, West Coast Influence, just go to minitruckfilm.com. That's a real site. Radar from Lone Star Throwdown paid his own money to produce that film, so to speak, kind of documentary style. Make sure you look it up. Okay, the last couple that I have here, and then we'll move to the next topic. Bob Hayes said 45 years ago today, Kenny, Michelle, my girlfriend at the time, Tina and I were sitting and we're talking about a new club, and he basically goes on to say Sunset Worldwide, so pretty cool stuff. He had the uh, 45th anniversary that he had posted Really awesome artwork as we've always come uh, become accustomed to seeing from Bob Hayes. Okay, we have Jeremy French. Man, this is cool to see. I'm more into lowrider style, but I can appreciate this cool-looking mini truck. Now, uh, Mini Truck Evolution is that group, and uh, it was pretty awesome to see the big homie, Jamil City Boy. Um, he is going nutso with his Nissan Hardbody graphics. Uh, a nod to hip-hop and all kinds of cool stuff. I mean, it's a wild truck, and I believe it's up my way is from what Jamil was telling me when he texted me the other day. So I'm excited to see that one. Mini Truck Evolution is where it was posted. Matt Nup, big supporter, said want to take a second to wish his wife, Heather, a happy born day. So uh, big ups to them, great people. And then last but not least, at least for this week, Donnie Babb. It's funny, I went to school with a guy, a uh, last name Bab, but Donnie Bab has a long post. He said, I have been so nonstop since the beginning of the year that I have not even taken a minute to brag about uh, GageMagazine.com turning 23 years old this month. That's right, 23 years of nonstop automotive content. So we don't, I don't think here, at least at OLP, give them enough credit. I got a chance to slap hands with um, Gage Magazine out at SEMA. They've got a lot of cool content, so if you're sitting at work bored one day or it's slow or whatever, uh, go to gagemagazine.com, and uh, that's going to flip you over to their Facebook page, I believe, is is kind of where uh, the majority of their stuff goes down these days. Uh, of course, they have Gage, uh, they have an online store, which I know is a big piece of their business. So pretty cool stuff, but I just want to say, you know, tip of the cap to those guys and, and maybe we can highlight them as we get through 2022. Cause I know they've had, you talk about the pedal stomp. Uh, they've had it stomped for a very, very long time. Now the scene updates is brought to you by garage gear clothing, garage gear clothing, kind of the team behind it, old NC members and they're great kin folk. I know crystal's really the one pulling the, the puppet strings over there. Go out to garagegearclothing.com. You can place an order. They have men's, Ladies and children on lock. They have all kinds of badass gear. I saw Graphic Disorder was just re-upping some of their merch over 
Uh, of course, Garage Gear uses graphic disorder for their print. And what's awesome is they have free shipping. The only brand that I know of in our scene that offers free shipping in the U.S., GarageGearClothing.com. I recently announced the key show updates. Going to scale it back a little bit and really kind of just cover what's in scope here or any of our key partners in Corey from Mini Truck Showdown as well as Kern County Showdown. Going to link up with him in just a minute for a quick update that's going to tie into their show, which is in a month, right? So if you're out on the West Coast and you're in Cali and you want to get that old school vibe, or maybe you haven't been to a truck run event in a long time, you just want to get out. Keep in mind, Kern County Showdown is the show that's going down in Bakersfield. It's the first weekend in February, and you can Google Kern County Showdown or just go to kerncountyshowdown.com. Uh, uh, what's pretty cool is uh, Cordy and team, they have been ramping up their events, and I tell you what, they're uh, on the rise, so to speak. So uh, get out to kerncountyshowdown.com, check out the information, and my understanding, we'll hear from him. It is open to the public. Mike talked about his event that's going to be in Florida. So if you're in the southeast or you're in Florida, come on over for his event. He talked about that earlier this year. So outside of that, again, we're going to talk to Corey in just a minute. The key thing that I would tell you, Orange Beach Invasion, we're going to be out there at the end of March. Uh, one of our title sponsors, it's an amazing venue. The thing that always resonates with us is you got the premier spots and you can just walk around down there and hang out and slap hands and see all the badass rides. And then they have a whole other section as well that you can walk around at the wharf. If the kids are coming with you, they can, of course, go see a movie. They can ride the Ferris wheel. There's so much there. One of the best venues in the country, hands down. And that's Keg Media partnered up, of course, with Custom Car Show Productions. Uh, we love the event. We've been out there multiple years in a row, and we'll be out there again. That's all I want to cover right now from the Key Show update. So let's roll into the audio with Corey. I'm going to call him right now and see what he's got going on. Hey, hey, as I just said, we're going to roll in. Man, dude, I just called the big homie Corey. You always pick up when I call, man. How you doing? I'm doing out here in this uh, lovely Cali weather where don't know if it wants to rain, snow, or be hot as hell. Dude, I thought Tony, Tony, Tony had the song It Never Rains in Southern California or whatever, you know, back in the day. But, dude, check this out, man. We're excited for five months down the road. We always talk about the flagship event for you guys, right? But I want to remind everyone that in about a month, although you guys started your other show in Bakersfield, as we've talked about before, it's kind of made its way over to Vegas, right? And that's later this year. But in four yes. weeks, in about four weeks, give or take, I know you're counting the days, you guys are having Kern County Showdown over in Bakersfield, kind of uh, the the mecca of a lot of mini truckers uh, over the years. So talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, what are those key updates that you got for Kern County Showdown next month? Well, um, pre-reg just closed. Uh, for all of you still trying to get a spot, I would recommend you um, – you know, quote unquote, go to our website because a little birdie told me today that the website is still up. So there's a last chance to get your uh, last minute pre-reg in. Um, besides that, we've got a lot of stuff going on. I mean, we're, we're opening up indoor showing for the first time at one of our events. Uh, we've already got pretty much both of the halls completely filled uh, already with uh, indoor showing. We're thinking about opening up a third hall as well. Um, 
We've got the new minis bed dance that's going to be happening um, between, you know, desirable ones, the exotic ones. Uh, Little Maniacs are going to be there. Illegal will be there. Uh, we got some other clubs from up in the Bay Area near San Francisco that are coming. So um, there's that. We've got the GMOS Custom uh, Vehicle Limbo, which will be going on as well near the stage. Uh, tons of vendors. You know, as far as uh, mini updates, you know, we're bringing in uh, DJ Gitlow from uh, Arkansas. He's coming out to our event. He's going to be the one spinning up there on stage for you guys all weekend long. Um, if you guys are looking to buy or purchase, uh, tickets for like your friends and family or, you know, whatever, or if you're just a spectator wanting to come out and check the show out, uh, you guys can go to our website and buy general admission tickets. It's the first event that we've done where we have general admission. So, um, we're pretty excited about that part as well. Cause it opens up a, a whole different Avenue for our event. Yeah, most definitely uh, on Facebook or Instagram, three words, Kern, K-E-R-N County, showdown that'll of course instagram a bio will bring you to kerncountyshowdown.com one of the things i think is fantastic is you've gotten a lot of different media brands on board like grinder tv our good friend brian mini truck era magazine which we're going to be highlighting them hopefully in the next several weeks and then street trucks is even uh, i saw one of your recent posts about them how excited are you for, although we talked about in the past, right? You did have to pull out of Bakersfield. It was the right decision at the right time based upon everything that was going on, right? The pandemic, your other show pulls out of there. But what I love, Cordy, is you don't cut and run. You guys come back and say, you know what? We know we can have a successful event here. How important is it, is it for all of the mini truckers and enthusiasts out in California to come and support this event so you guys can keep it going? Well, I mean, that's the only thing that ever keeps any of it going, you know what I mean, is is people going to the shows. If you don't go to a show, then shows die off, which we've seen over the years. The one thing that we're doing different this year with this show is that, I mean, we open it up to a broader, vast uh, category of vehicles. So it's not just mini trucks now. We're opening it up to the lowriders. We're opening it up to bombs. We're opening it up to, you know, these full-size builds, which is why, you know, in the name it says Kern County Showdown because we want to bring – one of the, the biggest and most, I guess you can say, prestige shows that has class to the West Coast, um, along with, you know, making sure that the vehicles that are coming are top quality vehicles. We understand that a lot of people have under construction vehicles. I myself, you know, we're not, we're not going to exclude those guys from coming and showing because you got to start somewhere. But for all the guys that have like, you know, the minis or full sizes, four by fours, hot rods, customs, low riders, it doesn't matter. Bring them out. You know, this show is is already set to be one of the biggest shows in Kern County for 2022. And like I mentioned just a little bit ago, we're, we've already completely almost sold out two halls. We want to make sure that we sell out that third hall, you know, because no other mini truck show on the West Coast does indoor showing. So we want to bring a different classification. We want the guys that have, you know, the full displays like um, far from losing uh, some of those trucks that we've yeah. seen recently showing, you know, with the full blown deal. That thing that that truck was done, what, 20 years ago. Yes. And nobody out here in Cali has seen it in the last 10 years. You know, Tom Jenkins, the owner of it, I was just talking with him last night. You know, he's done amazing getting that truck all over the country. Oh, yeah. You know, we would we would much love to have him and Joey with uh, Relax Taco. The Rela uh, Relax Taco come out and be at our event. You know, I'm good friends with both of them. 
And uh, it's just it, it depends on if it fits into their show schedule. You know sure. what I mean? Because we are a new show, which is understandable. You know what I mean? And they want to make sure that if they take their vehicles out to certain shows, they want to make sure that they're shown the way they're supposed to be shown. Yeah, and check this out. So, you know, a lot of the listeners that have come here may be their new listeners, and they're here for Mike Collins, right? Old school OG. We're getting ready to roll into his audio in just a bit. But here's the ironic thing. A lot of the mini truckers that grew up in the 80s, like Mike, into the 90s, and then, of course, the 90s exploded. Of course, you've got the old school guys, you know, like Sunset, right, with Rezo and stuff. Any of yep. those guys will tell you over the past 40, 45 years, a lot of river runs have come and gone. You know, rest in peace to Ernie Macias. You know, Ernie even said, man, you know, it's crazy that these river runs are gone. But what we're starting to see, and we appreciate someone like you, Corey, is a new, I don't want to say a new era, but you have someone like yourself and your team that have stepped up to say, hey, listen, we love mini trucking, and mini trucking is not dead. We're going to make sure we're doing our part. And to me, West Coast, we all know, played a huge influence and a huge part of mini trucking culture. So it's fantastic that you guys are keeping the tradition alive out there in the West. So, I'm, I mean, I'm a Cali boy. I'm born and raised right here in the Central Valley in Bakersfield, California. The thing about, you know, how I got into the lifestyle, I mean, if you go back and you listen like two years ago on one of the episodes that you had me on, you know, I got introduced to mini trucking during Freak Fest. You know, that at the time was the largest event that happened back in the early 2000s i remember i think it was like 2004 5 and 6 it was insane there had never been a run done like it before you know at the time it was it was one of the most predominant shows out there because not only was it a run but i mean they brought in major bands like hot mouth kings um let's see edema they had relapse trigger out there i mean you name it it was there at the event so that's where where i stem from now I've seen over the over the time and over generations and and over the years that you know everything changes you know but the one thing that that will never that will never leave is the fact that I I love mini trucking I've loved it for years uh, I used to be a kid out in the garage reading you know mini trucking mag I used to wait for the next uh, issue to come out all the time when it was on the shelves you know uh, rest in peace mini truck mag as for that I mean that's something that's never going to leave. That's never going to leave the West Coast. It doesn't matter what you do, just like you said with Mike Collins. You know, the West Coast scene out here has always been putting it down, and it will always be putting it down for generations to come. Yeah, real deal. And what I would encourage the listeners out there, right, if you've got friends out in Cali, Arizona, you know, message them. Say, hey, check out Kern County Showdown in a month, okay? Get out there. You know, let's not look at it and go, oh, well, Corey's a younger guy. You know, he's trying to, you know, do this or that. You know, he's already proved himself. They had a show there. They moved it to Vegas. It was even more successful. They're going to be doing that. We're going to be talking about that a lot more as the year goes on. First weekend in June, of course, we'll be out there in Vegas. But for Kern County Showdown, listen, if you guys want the shows to continue, just like magazines, you got to subscribe. you got to go to the events, as Corey said. So, you know, Corey, KernCountyShowdown.com. Uh, of course, it's the 4th through the 6th, technically, next month. So, in a, give or take, in about a month. I know Custom Life is also going to be out there. A lot of clubs that you mentioned. What's the one single, if you had to narrow it down to the top question you get? You know, is it, can I still pre-register? You know, what is it, the number one question you've been getting? Um, <laughs> number one question I get. That kind of boils down to, like, three. Is it open to the public? Is pre-reg still open? Can I buy general admission tickets? 
Boom. And all of them are, yes, you can. Boom. Yeah, so if you want to go there for the day with your son, daughter, significant other, you want to relive some old mini trucking memories, there's going to be a lot of old school folks out there. You mentioned some of the clubs. Listen, Brian Good from Grinder told me this. He goes, yo, Jay, there's a huge resurgence of mini trucks on the West. And he goes, a lot of these guys aren't even old school mini truckers, right? It's not to take away from them. But you see on social media, like some of these pages, I'm like, dude, these guys are full-blown picnics every weekend. I know New Minis is in the mix there, Flow Hosts a little bit. But you just got you got a lot of kinfolk out there. And to me, it's on the rise, as we always say. But the important thing is we got to keep that uh, momentum coming, right? So get out to Kern County Showdown and, and show your support for the scene, right? Well, I mean, just like you were saying with all the different clubs, I mean, just for uh, Kern County Showdown, I mean, we've got 34, 35 clubs signed up to come. You know, you figure 10, maybe 5, 10, 15 members per club that bring their vehicles. You know, that's a show. That's, that right there is a show. That's top ropes right there, brother. I, I, I really i am excited for this one. Now, Mike and I, we've said we can't make it out to this one, but I do want to hit on, before we let you go, um, did you have anything else for Kern County Showdown before we talk about Mini Truck Showdown, which is a whole other damn event? <laughs> Uh, just make sure that if you guys are coming to the Kern County Showdown, if you guys, like I said, the little birdie told me pre-reg is still open, get on there and do it because it's going to close next week. Uh, as for that, you know, we've got top 40 awards, several best ofs that are all being done by uh, Creative House Awards. Um, as for that, let's roll into any questions you got for uh, MTS. Yeah, Creative, dude, love Doug Johnson, love what he does. He recently did the Street Trucks Best of Awards. Mm -hmm. So uh, tip of the cap to the big homie. But listen, before we let you go, we can't get you on the phone and not talk about the flagship event, right? I know that you have a lot of ambitions to run multiple shows, and I love what you're doing so far with these two. Mini Truck Showdown, first weekend in June, right? Uh, what are a couple of the updates that you might have? Can they pre-register still? What's going down with Mini Truck Showdown, which is in, oh, by the way, five months from now? Yeah, so we've got back-to-back -back events. Mini Truck Showdown pre-reg is relaunched. For the second time, uh, hotel reservations are up and ready to go. Make sure you guys book your hotel through Bally's because we don't want anybody drinking and driving. We don't want anybody going out and doing something stupid that's going to cause, you know, possibly harm to them or harm to somebody else and lose a, lose a beautiful ride. Um, the one thing that, you know, we've seen throughout the years is people drink, get busted, car gets impounded or, you know, possible death. We don't want that. So make sure you guys stay where the party's at, at Bally's. The link is on the website, minitruckshowdown.com. Go to event pricing. It'll bring up the pre-registration uh, pre link along with the hotel reservation link. Um, from last year's show at Palace Station to now, we have quadrupled or at least five times the amount of space that we did last year. So there won't be an issue of, of running out of space where we have to keep it capped at 250 to 260 vehicles. We can have five, six, seven, 800 vehicles at this location with no problem. So for all you guys who missed out last year, get in touch with us, hit us up on email, mini truck showdown uh, at gmail.com. Give me a call 661-303-6373 or go to our website and send us a message as well. Uh, we want to make sure that everybody is taken care of this year. We understand that we had some issues uh, last year with the show, but everything else besides that went off flawless. One of the things that we did to correct the issues is we have some prestige judges coming in for both events, the Kern County Showdown and the Mini Truck Showdown. They're the ones that help out with the Lowrider Super Shows, 
the events in the Bay Area, the events in Arizona, and all over California. So these guys will be on site. They will be handling the judging, and that will be taken care of and out of our hands. So um, I know that that was kind of an issue last year, but we want to reassure everybody that that won't happen again. Yeah, real deal. The way you rattle off your phone number, I swear you need to get with Mike Jones and drop a remix, you know what I mean, when he's like 281-330, right? But no, in all seriousness, right? Corey from Mini Truck Showdown, obviously their flagship event, we've been talking about it. It's going to be the first weekend in June, but the cool thing is many of you you know, kind of always say, I always wanted to go to Vegas, maybe I haven't made it, maybe you want to go to SEMA and you want to kind of do a dry run to kind of see how things are. The city is easy to get around. There's plenty of uh, public transit, you know, Uber, Lyft, all that fun stuff. And there's a lot of stuff to do. Oh, by the way, there's a car show going down, truck show rather. Right. So, you know, Corey, we're so excited for the continued success. But most importantly, you know, Mike and I talk about this all the time. We're always excited when someone puts their neck out and goes, hey, we're going to do a show. Because as you know, it's not easy. So thanks for what you do for the scene, dog. Well, I mean, Mini Truck Showdown is where it all started. You know what I mean? Like you mentioned that it left it left California and it came out here to Vegas. Um, I mean, I even have it branded in skin, you know, because it's my baby. You yep. know, it's one of the things that I put a lot of effort and a lot of time into. And, you know, it wouldn't be possible without the help, help of the club, you know, from uh, Gary, uh, Lori, Heath and Nikki, Joey, Nathan, Robert, you know, my pops who handles security, everything. Um, even my admin staff, Leah and Adam, you know, they make sure that everything runs smoothly on the back end. You know, it, it's, it's not just, you know, a one man show anymore. There's a team now that has to make sure that everything runs smoothly. Yeah. Real deal. And if, I mean, I know uh, he doesn't want me to talk about this, uh, Hank from Hammered Weekend Wear, he, I mean, I think if we could somehow fly him in, you know, he said he'd be willing to get a mini truck showdown face tattoo but you know we'll have to see because you know he could have been boozing when he said that so we'll see you know what i mean if hank is willing to do that i will pay for it dude see that's what i'm saying i will pay for it that's called stepping up to the scene right there Corey. dude uh kern county showdown a month from now mini truck showdown five months from now get out to bakersfield cali in a month kill a cali and then of course in five months or so we'll be out in vegas Dude, be safe out there on the road, and thank you so much for what you guys do for the scene, brother. No problem, man. We like to keep it alive out here, and uh, we look forward to seeing you guys in June for the uh, Mini Truck Showdown. And that's Real Than Real Deal Holyfield. Thank you so much, Corey. No problem, man. Hey, thanks so much, Corey, for the updates, dude. That's awesome stuff. We're super stoked. I'm going to wrap this up now with the OLP updates, right? So our lifestyle podcast, also known as OLP uh, do us a favor, if you're on an iPhone device, go in. You're more than likely listening to this podcast through the pre-installed purple podcast app, which is the Apple app. Go into it, Taft Library, select OLP. Hopefully, you're following us now. And scroll down and make sure you leave a five-star rating. All you have to do is tap the five stars. You tap the five stars, boom, we appreciate that. If you want to go a step further, right beneath that, uh, you can tap on where it says write a review and you can thumb in a few comments. Hey, love the podcast, love the show, loved Mike Collins's episode, whatever. But if you leave a comment, that's kind of like step two. And we really go, dude, pat on the back. Thank you so much. So at least uh, leave a five-star rating. If nothing else, also beneath that, tap 
uh, write a review. We really appreciate it. Now, typically we cover a lot of show dates, and I did spend time over the Christmas holiday season updating the calendar. And you could subscribe to this digital calendar. And as far as I know, it's the only uh, we're the only folks out there that are doing a digital calendar. I got this idea because a lot of people sell calendars, and I think they're awesome. But a lot of us, you know, we're in the digital world now, right? So if you are also in the digital world, go to ourlifestylepodcast.com, click on official OLP show calendar. Once you go there, click on here where it says to subscribe and subscribe to our digital calendar. Now, the cool thing when you do that, once you click allow, that'll download to your iPhone or Android calendar. You can unsubscribe at any time, but basically what it does is it takes any of the dates that we've added to that calendar, to that calendar, and it allows for you to see all those in your phone. Great thing about iPhone is when you go to calendar, you can even sort by unselecting that calendar and then boom. Those dates are removed, you tap it again, and those dates are back on. So uh, I spent a lot of time going through a lot of different shows, and some that we didn't even have on our calendar in the past, to be honest. There's reminders in there. There's also links to potentially Facebook um, pages, events, or even Instagram pages. So again, it's all curated right there for you, and you can go in there at any time and start looking at dates if you're planning a long weekend or whatever, ourlifestylepodcast.com, left side, click on official OLP show calendar, and then tap on where it says click here. So um, that's the main podcast updates that we have for this week. If you want to buy merch, including the new River Run remix that features Mike Collins' Skybody on it, go to ourlifestylepodcast.com and you can purchase it. All of those items there are all in stock, right? This is the first time that we had a flagship merchandise launch like this. And it was not a pre-sale. It was not a pre-order. It was straight buy it, and it's in stock, and it ships usually within a day. Mike, for those that don't know, works at the post office, and he gets to go there every day. So Shannon packages it, and Mike takes it. That's what we learned recently when we asked Mike. What would you say you do around here, Mike? (laughs) All right. Joey at Get Decked, he sponsored this section. If you are a show promoter or you want to add your significant other's vehicle, maybe Mike Collins wants to put Skybody on a skate deck. Okay. Now, we're getting ready to do this. We're going to have them very, very soon. But if you want to add Skybody or any vehicle to a skate deck or a photo, hit up Joey at Get Decked. You go on Facebook or Instagram and type in Get decked two words it's going to pop up joey dilworth he'll take care of you we've seen a bunch of show promoters jump on board with this like jason bell and team over at southeast mini nats Uh, they're able to take their merchandise they've already paid for their artwork and now they can put it on a new piece and uh for all, all of us that love skate decks or skateboards or you know hooking up our man cave so to speak that's what we do we hook it up but joey and get decked will get you squared away hit them up So we really appreciate, if you're a new listener, thank you so much for coming through. Usually Mike and I will do that full intro together, but then we'll have our title guest, which of course this week is Mike Collins. I want to thank Hammered Weekend Wear. They are one of the the biggest, baddest clothing lines in this truck scene. They launch about 24 new pieces per year. 
and they're the only crew that we know that offers a monthly or excuse me a yearly t-shirt subscription go to h a m m e r d weekendwear.com here's the cool thing they just launched two new shirts and they are freaking awesome one features severed ties body drop which i think is fantastic and of course it's body drop everything if you've ever watched monster garage i'm sure that you've seen body drop on there also rocco's apache this truck was in one of the wildfires in California, is my understanding, and it was burned to a crisp. Devious Customs and them brought it back, and it has that amazing patina, burned patina to it. These two items are available on a shirt, H-A-M-M-E-R-D, WeCanWear.com. All right, with that being said, have a safe weekend. Let's roll into the audio. We got you. Peace. <laughs> Hey, and as I mentioned earlier, we're going to transition into our guest and want to just welcome Mike Collins to the podcast. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Jason. Hey, man, thank you so much for just taking the time to talk about some of the old times, man. I'm so excited to talk about, uh, gosh, so much. But why don't you just start a little bit uh, with a little bit of information about yourself? Like, did you grow up in Southern California? Yeah, I I grew up in like uh, North San Diego County in a town called Fallbrook. And, um, it was when I was in high school in Fallbrook's when I got into mini trucks, I had a, a 520 Datsun and, um, you know, I, I, me and my brother, we had a friend, David, who, um, kind of got us into it and we would go down to Escondido, you know, religiously every Friday and Saturday night to Cruz Valley Parkway. And it was kind of through David and like his brother Dirk that, um, his brother was in high anxiety and David was in like Southern coast and through chumming along and tagging along with David and stuff and going to Southern coast meetings. I was kind of heading towards getting into Southern coast mm-hmm. when they, the club kind of fractured and um, it split. And my first truck club was called serious side truckers. Okay. Yeah. And so I had my 520 Datsun when I was in there and um, you know, obviously I was, um, I was more interested in getting a new truck mm-hmm. and um, I had my, my sights set on the new Nissan hard bodies that were coming out in 86. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, I think it was December of 86 is when I got my Nissan. It was, you know, it was a 87. And um, once I got that, you know, I brought it home within the first four hours. I had it lowered down, stole the wheels and tires off my Datsun and, <laughs> You know, had a pretty clean looking little um, mini truck, you know, that moved along pretty well. Yeah. And that was the white. That, so I'm trying to guess here from photos. That was w- the white truck, right? Correct. Yeah. I mean, that was, I only had the two mini trucks, the, the Datsun and the, the Nissan. And um, it was a just a stripped down plastic interior, white. I think the thing cost me $6,700 out the door. Wow. And I think I had like a $260 a month truck payment, which I had no idea how I was going to make back <laughs> yeah, then. Right. And, um, but you know, I loved it. It was a great truck and, you know, I couldn't wait to get it home. Um, I had to go through a couple dealerships with my dad and, and we walked out of a couple on, 
over a, a tank of gas and all that kind of nonsense to my dad's I'll be damned if we're going to buy a new truck and they're not going to give you a tank of gas. <laughs> and I'm all, but I'll put gas in it. it I just want to, I want the truck. He's all, don't worry. They'll call us. And, <laughs> and, you know, sure enough, you know, one of them called us back and said, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll get you your tank of gas. Come back down here. And yep, yep. so I got my truck and I, I remember driving it home and, pulled it in the garage and I got like one photograph of it in kind of its stock state. And since I'm in the photo, my mom or somebody must've taken it. Mm -hmm. And, um, we're cranking down the torsions that day and putting blocks in the back and putting the wheels on and trying to get it up to an alignment shop. And (laughs) I'm sure I was down in Valley Parkway that night down in Escondido. And, um, I drove around that truck, you know, for quite a while you know, lowered mm-hmm. and, um, that, um, serious side truck club. I was, I was kind of in there and it wasn't really that cool. It was a bunch of older weirdos. They were probably about 26 or 27 at the time. And I was just like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> and I, I ran into these guys up in Temecula one night that lived like up in Lake Elsinore and it was, um, style and minis and, okay. You know, they had loud stereos because the serious side trucks, some of them were kind of hip. Some of them were kind of that goofy late 70s look with the the serious rake and the multi-level shells and Mm. diamond windows. And But, you know, it was a transitional period for mini trucking when um, when, when I got into it. But, you know, I got into style and it was a lot more people like my age, you know, just just coming out of high school, late teens into their early twenties and, um, hung around with them and then got into another truck club. And it's funny cause I, you know, I've been trying to think back on a lot of this stuff that was 30 years ago. And, mm-hmm. and I don't remember why I left any of the clubs I left, but I, I always seem to remember getting into a new one. Mm-hmm. And, um, from there, you know, me and my brother and our friends, we kind of went to another truck club called ecstasy who we used to hang around hang around with when we were in styling anyway. Right. And, um, it, it was fun. I mean, we would do stuff, you know, we'd go cruise up to Angelo's on state college Boulevard up in Anaheim. We'd go up to Riverside and cruise market street. And then we would still come back down to San Diego and go to Escondido and we'd go to Oceanside and cruise Hill street. And it was like a lot of cruising, you know, oh, yeah. going out and being in places and, um, but, you know, like right now, as we're talking, I'm doing five miles an hour on the way home from work. And <laughs> I think it's a lot of this is what prevents a lot of that from happening anymore is you can't get anywhere. Yeah, because in California, anything. the traffic is just, you know, you all hear about it, but it's just bumper to bumper. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm up to 15 now, so we're, <laughs> we're really moving. Well, we got plenty but, of time uh, to talk about, I mean, so <laughs> many cool things. And one of the old photos you shared forever ago on Instagram when the truck was, you know, obviously the white Nissan we're talking about, we'll talk about kind of the legacy that it got to, but you, you even went and you added the topper to it, right? And that topper, that always kind of, the one that has like the multi-windows in it on the side, that always reminded me kind of like of a, I think almost like a Pathfinder look that they kind of went to. Yeah, it was a Pathfinder shell. One of my friends had it, and then I had like this custom tonneau cover and a bra that matched. Mm-hmm. And and he really liked it and liked the way it looked on his truck. And um, he had a black Nissan hard body and, um, and he had this white shell on it, which kind of had like a, a different look. He had a white bra and a white shell. And, and um, 
I don't know, he, he wanted my bra and my, my tonneau cover. So we ended up trading for that. And then that's how I got the, the Pathfinder shell. Ah. And, um, you know, it, it, it kind of gave it the Pathfinder look with the ability of um, taking the shell off. Because mm-hmm. back then the Pathfinder was, it was a bo- part of the body on those early Nissan Pathfinders. Yep. And it looks like it had, um, you also had, like, in, the, in those days, you guys were running, like, aluminum wheels, too, right? Yeah, I I, um, I had some um, 15.8, you know, there were Inkies or some knockoff of Inkies with some um, 50 series stretched on, you know, little mm-hmm. mini pasta pots. <laughs> and it, it was kind of before everybody was, like, you know, serious about tucking wheels and body dropping and, and all that. Oh, yeah. Now, I meant to bring up, too, a second ago, I think you were going to say something, but, like, when you guys were out cruising, right, and you guys were hitting up, like you said, Anaheim and Riverside and different places, you know, I'd imagine, like, in those days, you know, you probably had your tape cassettes. Like, what what kind of, you know, what were you guys rolling to back in those days? Some Beastie Boys or, like, you do you have any, like, songs and music that, that kind of resonates with you from that time period? Oh no, yeah, Beastie Boys was was really big at the time because you know it had a lot of bass, oh, and yeah. it was just kind of fun, kind of partying music. And then, um, you know, I, I like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, the Colt, you know, Social Distortion, you know, mm-hmm. so that kind of stuff. A lot of you know, we we had um, a radio station in San Diego called 91X, and we had K Rock up in LA that played yes. kind of like new wave music, and you know, kind of. I guess mellow or kind of punk. You wouldn't hear a lot of Black Flag on there. Right, right. Or Vandals or Fear. But yeah, I'd listen to that. And then we'd go to truck runs. And then there was a category that we would refer to as truck run music, you know, which, <laughs> you know, I mean, I still hear it to this day. It's like, wow, truck run music. Yeah. But what, probably what it was is what you would hear if you went to Florentine Gardens up in Hollywood, you know, just dance club music. Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, you know, back then going to truck runs, the the big thing was that everybody wanted to have a big party in their camp. And some of them would like rent these, these tents and they'd put these tents up and they'd bring generators in and set up these massive DJ <laughs> systems. And, and I mean, it was crazy. It was fun. You know, it was, I'm, you know, I, I don't know if they do it anymore like that, but um, it really added to the you know, you'd, you'd get through the truck run, you know, they'd have the truck show on Saturday morning and then they would be doing the games like the bat circle relay and the beer chug and volleyball and all that stuff. And then, then it would just kind of evolve into kind of a whole nightlife kind of thing. But, you know, nobody was getting dressed up in their Saturday night satins for the, the dance club <laughs> because, you know, we are at, in a campground, which is probably in a dirt hole by some lake or something. Yep, yep. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was fun, you know? Yeah. And then we'd wake up with like these hellacious hangovers on Sunday morning and try to figure out where our other shoe was or our sunglasses from the day before and, and then make the trek home. Yeah. We, we recently, I came across this book that this guy wrote. He was in, um, he was in a club out there and he, his name, his nickname was tall guy, local finesse he was in. And he kind of was more towards the late 90s into the 2000s. But uh, he had a connection to, like, Sean Mahaney and stuff like that. But in this book, he wrote about a lot of the River Run experiences, you know, waking up with a pounding headache and stuff like that. But, you know, some of the same things you're describing, although they might have came, you know, before his kind of era, 
was, you know, it, those river runs were definitely kind of the tradition was carried on. That's for sure. Yeah. It, it was fun going out to the river, you know, because the journey is like half of the, the fun, you know, getting there and the anticipation of getting there. And I, I remember like one time we were, we were driving my Nissan out there and I had Bill Faborg with me and this is when I was in two hit and he was all, Oh dude, he's all, this is going to be so bitching. We're going to get out there and this thing is all, it's just be just like when we used to take Martelli's truck. And, um, that was probably back in the day out here. That was probably the gnarliest truck is Richard Martelli's to- Toyota. It was called sky and high. Um, Bill was going, Oh yeah, there's going to be chicks just climbing all over this thing when we get there. And Bill was a few years older than me and stuff. And, and I'm just like, yeah, it really doesn't work like that, Bill. And, um, he's all, Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it will. And, and we got there and that's when that high body, when high body came out, uh-huh. everybody at the gate was like, Oh Mike, you, you might as well just go home. There's like this other Nissan here that's on 44s and it's called <laughs> high body. And I'm just like, what, what, what do you mean? And, you know, part of having the Nissan hard body was like, you kind of stood out from all the Toyotas, mm-hmm. you know? And now it's like, what, there's another Nissan hard body and, Unlike sky body, it's called high body. <laughs> You're like, come on, man. Who's biting off my shit? <laughs> yeah, really. And so we, I'm all, Bill, we got to go find this. And we drove by Brian and Sal and all those guys where we were camping at and drove right by them because they said that the, this high body truck was down the, down the river a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember I pulled up straight up nose to nose with it and my truck was just a, a tad higher, I guess. And so I've kind of felt better about that. And then while we were sitting there, you know, looking at it and stuff, you know, and it was dark out. So we're looking at it from my headlights. All these girls started coming up. Hey, can I get a ride? Hey, can I get a ride? Hey, can I get a ride? Before we knew it, we had the whole truck bed was like full of girls, you know. And I think we drove it out there without the shell on it. So, you know, it it had a walk through. Dude, those are um, some good memories right there. Yeah, it was it was a good time, and Bill was right. You know, didn't didn't really happen a lot, but that time it did. Which <laughs> it it didn't really amount to nothing after that because they all hopped out and ran back to where they came from. But yeah, it was just the memory, and you know the the notch under the pillow. Oh, like hey, yeah, there you go. One of the accounts I've mentioned this to everyone in the past: Monster Mini Trucks on Instagram. Good people, but I've learned. Through you know some of the clubs and stuff, and there was one that he's posted a few times, uh, SoCal Mini Stompers, you know some of those different trucks. But dude, those lifted trucks, uh, which we'll talk more about yours in a few minutes. But it's man, I look back at that stuff, and you know, although we didn't have a lot of them over here, man, there's it's cool to see all the history kind of curated together, you know, on this account. Oh yeah, you know, um, Pete Finland, you know, Hot Dog Designs, he told me years ago. He's like, you know, Mike, he's all, you can take these lifted trucks. You can go bury them out in the desert. You can go out there 50 years from now and you can unearth it and bring it out. And it's going to grab so much attention and you could park it next to a Lamborghini. He's all, they never go out of style. And there's just so much for them to look at that. People wouldn't even look at the Lamborghini after a while, mm-hmm. you know, and it's totally true. I mean, you just take a big truck and you put gigantic tires on it and it, it's going to be an eye catcher. And the style has never really changed with them, you know, because it's just gigantic springs, gigantic tires, tons of shocks. That's the formula. Whereas, I mean, we've talked about the evolution of the 
the lowered truck, how it's gone through like lots of different iterations of looks, you know? Yeah, for sure. And one of the questions that we had gotten from, uh, from one of our folks in the Airhead Nation group, they had asked, you know, although we haven't really delved too much into your truck, well, I guess I can ask it later, but I mean, like you said, one, although I think the old school mini trucks, I think although they kind of had that same formula, one thing that you mentioned to me before we started recording is with a lot of these lifted trucks now, the newer school lifted trucks, they have like the wheels have gotten bigger and the tires have gotten a lot smaller. It's like, that's kind of a weird dynamic, you know, but I'm a huge fan of like the old school stuff, you know, from the eighties. Yeah, it's it's probably a lot nicer to pay for those smaller tires if you're paying by the pound for the rubber. But um, <laughs> right. there's probably better performance, you know, because it was tough to turn those those gateways. Oh you know, yeah, especially with my little 2400 cc Nissan motor. Oh yeah, you but be- I don't know. It they look it it looks different to me, and that look hasn't really caught on with me. It looks like. Like the guy's waiting for his tires to get delivered to the tire shop so he can just switch them out. Yeah. Uh, You mentioned cruising earlier, but do you think back, you know, we talked about music a little bit, but I remember somehow even living in Land O'Lakes, my parents got cable TV in the mid-80s. And um, it might have been 84-ish, something like that. But I remember watching MTV and, you know, the Billie Jean video was on and, and, you know, I want my MTV, Dire Straits. Do you remember, um, like, when the L-Trim, you know, cars that go boom, right? What was ironic is it had mini trucks in it, and they were trucks, not cars. But, of course, that era was so, like, tied into mini trucks. Do you guys remember, like, when some of those videos like that would come out or when, like, the the house party, kid and play movies and stuff, and seeing trucks, like, was that, like, something like, oh, wow, check that out? Oh, yeah. It was whenever you'd see a lowered truck in there, it's almost like when I see them now, it's like, oh my God, look, there's a lowered truck. <laughs> wow, they you still know? exist. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, back then, you know, like you're talking about the stereos, you know, I remember like Audio Chamber and they used to have yeah. sound offs and Zapco and Fosgate amplifiers, Orion, you know, it's like everyone was just gigantic woofers and, and, um, oh, yeah. It, I don't know how whatever evolved with any of that, but, um, I remember, you know, everyone throwing quarters on the roof of someone's camper shell and watching them all jump up and down. And <laughs> Yeah. Well, and what was cool, too, is uh, we had the um, one of the he- the main guys. We had him on. Uh, I'm drawing a blank here. Um, Ruben had hooked us up. And when we had him on, he talked about being on the cover of uh, Trucking. And he worked at Audio Chamber. Which was which was pretty awesome, and um, I don't know if you've seen this, but guys in like Japan and stuff, they recreated that back audio chamber logo that was so synonymous uh, with the trucks of that era, and they've um, you know they run those on on the truck. And I'm sorry, it was Lee Bauer. He had worked. Yeah, there. Lee Bauer, right? Yeah, Lee, as you know. But you know, who would have thought like that? But when you see those old ads and you see that AC. Those colors do that immediately for me. It brings me back to that era. Oh, yeah. You know, in studying up for this, you know, I did flip through a couple of the old mini truckings I have laying around and had my truck in them so I could read the article and figure out what we did on it. But, <laughs> right, um, right. Yeah, I remember seeing Lee and the, the girl in the blue bikini, you know, when leaning up against his yellow Nissan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Since you brought weird. him up, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good times. And, you know, he mentioned when he was on the cover of Truck in that time with the yellow, when it was yellow. It was like 
you look at it now and he was like ducked down kind of behind, um, you know, hiding. And he was like, yeah, you know, I didn't really want to be, you know, in the limelight, so to speak, you know. So, but how ironic was it that, you know, he was in the ad as well, but he didn't, you know, he really didn't want to be in the limelight. But just such a nice guy, man, you know, really old school dude. To kind of transition a little bit, right, we've hinted about your truck, but I'm so excited to talk about Skybody because a lot of people, this one is etched in their minds. And, you know, instead of me kind of going into the few things I know, which isn't a lot about it, you know, can you talk about uh, Skybody and like maybe how the original concept, like you mentioned that when you bought it and it was lowered, but like how did it end up taking on that new transformation? Well, it ended up taking on the the new transformation because really deep down I wanted a, a big, you know, monster mini, mm-hmm. but it was, um, you know, cost preventative was what was keeping me and probably a lot of other people from doing it because, you know, those, those tires aren't cheap and then you start getting shocks and you got to have, you know, three per wheel and it, it's, you know, it's not a cheap sport, but my brother, he was in high anxiety and, um, and, you know, I really wanted a big lifted truck. He had a big lifted forerunner. And um, so I, I, I think I, I think I got a credit card that had like a $2,000 limit on it or something. Mm-hmm. And I, I went down to the bank and I go, I need to get a cash advance on this. And right. um, I got the 2000 bucks and I, I figured I go, oh, hell, I can afford this $50 a month payment for the rest of my life. And with that mentality, it's like, everything's free, you know? <laughs> right. I I'll know, just right? use this card and just make that payment. And, um, basically I took and I, um, and yeah, it was like 2000 bucks. I bought wheels, I bought tires and I took it down to, um, a welding shop and, um, had them, um, source a Toyota front axle. And, um, we got the front axle. They did a hanger drop, had some springs arched. And, um, basically they put it together, got the drive shaft length and I had a lifted truck and it, I mean, it only took them like a week. Wow. It was pretty, um, pretty amazing. Yeah. And you, like the cool thing is like me, like, I don't know a lot of that stuff. Like when you went in there, okay, you kind of going, Hey, that's what I want to do. Serious. And they're like, okay, yeah, we can do that. Or were they like, eh, I don't know if we can do that. You know, there's some big ass tires. Like how did that conversation go? Like, were they pretty, you know, I mean, if they did it in a week, they were pretty good. Yeah, well, they knew the score. Actually, um, the shop was called Whippet Welding, and it was um, Pete Finland's neighbor. They, ah. like, shared the same wall or something. And this guy, John Thomas, he had a, a big straight-axled um, Chevy S10. And so, basically, I was like, I want to do what you're doing on your truck on my truck, you know? Yeah, yep. got it. it. It probably took him longer to get all that independent front suspension shit off of the, the front of my truck. <laughs> right. Than it did to weld the hanger, the um, hanger drop on there, and make the perches on the backside of the frame, measure it, and run down to ENC and get the springs arc. Thinking back to that era, right? So you're you're going from this new truck. Your dad helps you get it. You guys lower it. You know, uh, cool thumbs up. So then, when your parents catch wind that you're going to be doing this, like, was was your were your parents like, hey, you're still paying on that truck? Hell no! Like, how did that conversation go? Now, my, my parents were always very supportive and um, cool. they, they would, when I was doing like the RG canning shows, you know, me and Brian would take my truck and my parents would drive up, you know, the furthest one I ever did was Ventura, but they would drive up and they, they would walk straight into the building and see me and Brian standing there and, and they would come up and look at my truck and then, then, all right, well, we're going to get out of here. And, 
they would like walk probably back past the same trucks they walked past or cars on the way in and basically go home. And, um, you know, my brother kind of broke them in regarding the, um, the whole lifted truck thing. Nice. And yeah, true. You know, yeah. And we had like, our house was always kind of the flop house to where, you know, the garage door was always open. Everybody kind of congregated where we lived and we lived kind of out off the beaten path out here in Temecula. And, um, with that being said, it was, um, it was, um, you know, we were always working on trucks and doing stuff. And my parents, I think it never bothered them mm-hmm. for the fact that they knew as long as we were out in the garage, banging around, making noise that we weren't out getting into trouble or, yes. you know, doing drugs and things like that. Yep. Yep. Good stuff. Although a little bit later in the story, um, I'll, I'll get to a part where me and Brian <laughs> did something that, that really, um, it, t- it took a while to get my mom off the ceiling. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to hear that. Now, w- what's cool is um, uh, if you can go out, you can follow flamed underscore Buick 55 on Instagram, and you can see some of these photos. But, you know, again, this is not one that I know a lot about, but seeing some photos, you know, you went, obviously, we talked about it was lowered when it was new, and then you go to lifted, right? So you kind of talked about that. But it seemed like there was a couple variations when it was lifted and it was white. So before the, even the paint, because in one of the photos, it looks like that it was um, maybe it had seats in the back. And then, of course, you had the topper, right? So did you just sometimes take the topper off and did it did it have a walkthrough or can you talk about that? Yeah, it had a walkthrough. Um, you know, back then, everybody was um, running prelude seats out here and there was a handful of people out stealing preludes every weekend to get the <laughs> wow. seats out of them. Right. Yep. And I, I had one of those friends that was one of those guys that acquired prelude seats. So right, right. I told him, I'm like, Hey, I need a prelude back seat too. And, um, so magically it appeared for a couple hundred bucks <laughs> and, um, fell off a truck. You know, basically right? I, yeah, I fell off a truck and, um, basically I just took the saws all to the back of the cab and, cut it out, folded the, the cab into the bed and screwed it down and, and then just upholstered it. And then I, I'd always been kind of jealous of my brother's forerunner because he could pile a couple more people in the back, Women, you know, right. whereas, yeah, <laughs> you know, actually it probably wasn't, but, um, right, right. <laughs> but, you know, but, you know, we would go cruise the beach, you know, we'd go up to Newport beach or we'd get down to San Diego and it was always funner if you could pile a bunch of people in there in the truck. And, um, since, you know, I wasn't going to get a Pathfinder. I might as well make my, my Nissan truck into a Pathfinder, essentially. Yeah, and the transformation's crazy because, you know, I could think about the age that you were. You know, you go from a new truck to lower, now lifted. I mean, there's not a lot of trucks. You know, one, obviously, Shondells comes to mind, that crazy thing. But, you know, going from one, you know, height to the other um, and then the iconicness of it is just extraordinary to me. Now, obviously... For those that don't know, talk to us a little bit about the transition from it being in white to the first paint job. Well, um, right around that time, my truck was lifted and, um, you know, just rattle can black undercarriage or, you know, whatever the Cosmoline shit that was all over it. <laughs> and um, and that, that was right around the same time where I started hanging out with Brian a lot. Yep. And I, I think he said, you know what we need to do? we need to like smooth out your frame and paint your frame. I mean, you can see so much of it and um, I'm like, yeah, sounds good to me, you know? And, um, so basically, you know, we were banging around in my parents' garage with very limited tools and probably less knowledge at the time. And, um, you know, Sal, 
Marchese, he had a, a, a 110 welder that we used to weld up all the jig holes in the frame. Mm-hmm. We smoothed the whole frame out. And then um, I was down at the paint store going, God, what color should we paint it? And I had like no idea, you know, I was just kind of flipping through paint books and I was wearing this, this green pair of Maui and sun shoes. Okay. And I was leaning above the counter, looking at the, the paint book, flipping the pages. And then it got to the point where I just kind of put my hands on my forehead and, and just looked down and I, I saw my shoes kind of mm-hmm. on the floor there, you know? Uh-huh. And so I popped one off and I go, I go, Hey, can you make me a color similar to this? And that's kind of how the green all started. Ah. That's and, cool, um, man. You can't really see it in a lot of those photos that I have on my Instagram, but you know the, the frame was painted that green with a, a pearl white shot over it, mm-hmm. and the axles were painted that color. And you know we ground them all down, smoothed them, smoothed them all out. And so that's kind of how the the green evolved. You know, I, I ran around with it for a while, just with the white truck with the green chassis and painted every other leaf green because i couldn't afford to chrome them all right right you know and i thought well at the time it's a nice accent you know but it really is just being cheap yeah and then that era though too so for all the listeners it's like you know when i think of ruben artiaga one of our good homies you know in ra and you know he had his lower toyota you know, these guys out there were like chrome and stuff. But the cool thing, you know, you start having a low truck and or as you mentioned, body drop, like with Pat's, you know, ballistic. The cool thing about what you had, Mike, was, uh, you know, with it being lifted, you could see all that detail. So, I mean, to me, that's one of the cool things about the the lifted mini trucks. Oh, yeah. There's a lot to look at, you know, and um, and if it's, it's well detailed. And, you know, some people go, God, you know, it must take forever to clean all that. And it's like, really, it's it's easy just to clean it. You just, you know, hit it with Windex and wipe it off. You know, it never really got very dirty because you just kind of stay on top of it. Yep, yep. Now, how long from the point, you know, give or take, right? So you buy the truck, it's lowered a while, you know, topper, this and that, and then boom, it's lifted and then it's painted, at least the original paint job. I mean, are we talking in that original span, two, three years-ish, something like that? Yeah, I would say from from getting it, well, you know, I got it at the end of 86, so you figure it, the, the truck was essentially deceased in 1990. Yep, yep. It, it, it all moved pretty quickly. Yep. But, you know, um, you know, we had the, the undercarriage green, and then I was like, God, I think it needs some more green. And then Brian's all, you know what we should do is we should fade the green up onto the white, and then I'll paint some stripes, and then we'll get Pete to pinstripe it. And, you know, Brian's always been the visionary, so it's like, yeah, sounds good to me. Let's do it, you know. And um, so we painted it like that, took it down to Pete. Yeah, I had him pinstripe it. And then um, I think we put like one more coat of clear on it and then polished it. And then, um, you know, I ran it around like that for a while. And then we decided to do the all metal convertible. Mm-hmm. And then when we were doing the convertible, we were doing this down at Brian's mom's house. And I have pictures where I'm standing on the roof of his mom's house taking pictures while he's sawzalling, you know, through my <laughs> my two year old truck's roof, you know. Right. Oh and, my god. You know, through that yeah, through that iteration, you know, um I went down and I got the springs pulled a little tighter and lifted it a little bit more. And that's when I went from the Mickey Thompsons to the Gateway Gumbo Monster Mutters. And then um Brian had a jet ski and it's like, Hey, why don't we paint the jet ski to match the truck too? Sick. And then, um, then we took it down to RG canning and Del Mar like that. 
Wow. And it was like almost a whole new truck, you know, on the 44s. It was a lot bigger. And then I had like a full display going at this point. Oh, yeah. And, um, and you know, we'd, we'd come across some stanchions at a bank or something, you know. So we, we painted those green and white, too. And um, But, you know, it's what all the – everybody that was serious about displaying their – their vehicles properly at those indoor shows mm-hmm. it wasn't like i was the only one doing it it was like that's where i was picking up all these ideas is looking at everybody else's displays and then you know the, those those truck shows you know they would give you money if you placed mm-hmm. so it was more than a motivation to get in a, a plastic trophy with a ferry or a camaro on the top of it it was <laughs> right. you know going a little bit of the extra mile you know you you could actually get some money to kind of offset your expenses at least getting there oh yeah yeah what's what, yeah, so. what blows my mind is you know just thinking about how you know again i know i said with it lower to lifted but then you know if you look close as mike's talking about like at the photos it's like you know okay that it was all white lifted you have the topper you have the side tilt topper uh you do the graphics the undercarriage then you cut the roof off and then there's that you know that whole piece I mean, I think some that may not know the truck off the top of their head, you know, maybe younger folks or folks on the East Coast, it's like this truck really had so much going on for the first, you know, three, four years of it. Um, but I know you mentioned Brian, so Brian Gendro, the, the OG, we're going to get him on this year. Um, Brian, though, my understanding is he did a lot of the work on the truck, right, the fabrication, and you've kind of hinted at some of that. Well, uh, some of the initial fabrication was done by that John Thomas oh, that's from right. that Whippet Welding. Yeah, Whippet Welding. That's but, right. But as as the truck evolved and as um as Brian you know kind of honed his skills, then um, when we did make some of the the more surgical, you know, qualified personnel only changes, Brian was performing a lot of that mm-hmm. that work. And once we got some better equipment for him to weld with rather than Sal's mom's welder, you know. <laughs> yeah, Sal Marchese, salute to him, total chaos. We'll, we're, he's got, we got him on the list. I got to link up with him. Um, the, so would you say, like, you know, you've known Brian General a long time, one of his, you know, one of your best friends. Like, I don't know all the history in the early days, but this sounds like one of the first trucks, though, that he was, you know, really honing his skills on, like you just said. Yeah, it was, you know, my truck. It was, um, Sal had a Toyota and, um, and then Brian had like a Mazda and then my brother had his Toyota 4Runner and, and, you know, we kind of kept Brian busy. You know, he would, he would get kind of give us the shit work to do while he was doing something qualified on one of the other ones and we would just all work around in circles. Oh, yeah. Did you ever feel like, yeah. um, you know, with, with the trucks being lifted, right? You know, and this is way before the days now, right? The the amenities you'd call it, where you know the 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 steps come down and stuff like that. Did you ever feel like your leg wanting to fall off or jumping in that thing, or did it just take a little getting used to? Well, you know, with it being a um, you know, a standard cab, short bed, little tiny mini truck, you know, walking up the the tire was actually pretty easy, mm-hmm. you know, because the tire was kind of like right there at the back of the fender. Yep, got and it. So. You know, I was always a pretty small guy anyway, you know, so it was just grab on the steering wheel and put one foot on the tire and hop on in and then hop on out. David Perfader, I believe is how I'm probably saying it wrong. He had posted, I was looking at hashtags and whatnot. He had posted a really cool, one of my favorite photos of it. It looked like it was kind of cut out from a photo album. So it was probably one he found from you, but 
the truck was white. It was lifted. Undercarriage is all done. You see the sky body tag, and then there's a girl standing next to it with a pink like bikini on. And you see the back windows out because obviously the cut through has been done. But uh, even in that version of it, without the graphics, I thought it was freaking awesome. You know, um, when I look back on the truck, I really liked it with that look. You know, with the Mickey Thompsons and the solid white. And yeah, that was for like one of those latest craze calendars. Yeah. Okay, got it. Uh, that makes sense. Now, Sean Dell in the Airhead Nation, he even chimed in and he said, ask... So I know this is a little off topic, but he goes, ask him about unplugging the stage and telling the next generation <laughs> to keep it going. <laughs> well, I, this isn't anything that I was um, directly the, the brain trust of, oh, okay, but I was definitely good, good. involved with it. <laughs> the guy that actually developed this, this is when we were in two hip. And this is kind of coming down the stretch. Two hip, you know, um, we learned some like pretty good truck run, I guess, um, gags and stuff at the time and um one of the guys in the club mike shahan between him and my brother that they, they probably caused more trouble at truck runs than than they had fun but you know it was mischievous, mischievous fun right right and trouble yeah. it wasn't like they were out like getting in fights but um we were at i i want to say it was like resolutions or something up in devore and I think it was seductive minis had this gigantic circus tent and they had this big toe behind generator running these, you know, kind of disco-ish lights uh-huh. and um, all their DJ equipment. And I mean, you could probably have heard this thing down in San Bernardino from the, <laughs> um, where the truck, for where the truck road, truck run was. And um, Mike went back and um, shut the gas petcock off on the, the generator which gave him enough time to get back out to the to the front where we were standing, and then it just went, you know, it just dropped dead. Right, right. And um, and then you know you got all these guys kind of scrambling around in circles on the generator. They don't know what's going wrong with it, and it's it's a big rental unit, and um, it it would you know we'd be like over there drinking beers and snickering at the whole thing, laughing, and um. Then, then they would figure out that hey, the gas got shut off, and then, <laughs> then it would all kind of come back to life. But you know, between that and then just kind of stealing ice chests, you know, we were told, you know, by Bill Faborg, you know, it's like, you know, we don't bring beer to these things; we just go steal beer. And um, he's all the, the only thing is, you know, it's like you got to crack it open and make sure it's got Coors Light in it. You know, <laughs> you know, we're just supposed to grab coolers and steal them we got to make sure the right beers in them and i remember we came back from the river one year the whole bed of my dually was just like full of ice chests that somehow found their way into our camp right right and i mean i still have the flagship ice chest that lives in the back of my buick you know when i go to go to car shows and stuff that came from the river hopefully nobody out there listening is missing a green coleman Oh, I know, but, uh, I know, right? They're like, gonna be damn it. It was those yeah. those crazy guys there. We came back with one cooler one night, though, that had someone's insulin in it. So once we got the beer out of it, we did bring that ice chest back. Yep, yep. Now, I wasn't expecting to have this, this many awesome comments in the group. Uh, Gendro, the OG, has spoken, and he said, ask him how much one of those 44-inch tires cost after your exhaust falls off and slices it. So there must have been some sort of craziness there. <laughs> yeah, me and Brian were driving from Temecula back to his house in Escondido one night, 
and um we're driving along and um my muffler fell off and we drove over it and i mean you know i mean it flattened it like a pancake but you know the bracket knifed into the tread on it mm. and um it was like you know there was no like sticking a plug in this thing right. it was like <laughs> a 10 dollar plug it was a, you know, it was like a tire that had like a good inch and a half of tread on it essentially that was basically just garbage because it was punctured yeah, and that's hard when and, you're um, younger. You're like, really? I got to buy a whole new tire, and those are big ass tires. Yeah, they were big and they were expensive, but I I never really felt too bad about the expense uh-huh. because when you left the tire shop, you know, you got a lot of tire for your money. Yes, true. To true. Where I remember paying just about as much for a fifty series tire. You know, I see what you're saying. And yeah, what so do you the, leave with that? in comparison? Yeah, you leave with a black rubber band on a wheel as opposed to a gigantic black tire more rubber for the buck you know <laughs> yeah but to be honest i have no idea what those tires cost I anymore know, right? yeah i can imagine but i bet you back then it probably seemed like a lot but like right now it probably seemed like nothing compared to what they would go for these days mm-hmm. now you know going back to the timeline of the truck right so we've talked about some of the history but talk to us about the transition from the white version to black right because to me, it seemed like it transformed the whole truck, but really when I look back at, at photos, it does seem like the main thing was the top color changed, right? Yeah, that that was a component of RG canning. At that time, like I said, I, I was like really into going to truck shows, and um, I was really interested in, you know, displaying the truck, you know, very, um, I don't know if professionally is the right word, but, you know. Kind of on a you, higher you, level, you, Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to have a good showing. And um, so I felt that, you know, between the display and everything we had going on with the truck that that wasn't supposed to be that tall and didn't come out of Japan with the capability of just changing the springs, that I had a pretty nice truck. And it was it was um, it was very well rounded. You know, I mean, everything had been touched now. Granted, I mean, this is a couple teenagers building it in their parents' garage, like I said, with limited tools. So it was it was a good-from-far truck, but you get up on it, it was it kind of shadowed like far from good in places, you know? Sure. But um, like I said, we were going to these RG Canning shows, and I was consistently getting like third place. And I could never understand why. And I would go and complain to the head judge, Tony Morjan, who I think was the council president at the time too. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, Tony, how do I keep losing to that? Basically the, it was a, a stock blue Toyota. It had like maybe 36s on it. It was after 86. So it was IFS. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was a good looking truck. I mean, if you saw it drive down the street, you'd go, Oh, that's a fucking nice looking truck there. You know? Right. Right. And, I mean, it had a bunch of pink shock boots and a bunch of white ranchos and, but it, it didn't grab me as being a show truck. But what I learned through this experience was Tony's all, well, you know, there's a lot of stuff done on your truck, Mike, but, you know, a lot of it's not really done all that great. And so when they had their points judging sheet, you know, if you have a stock frame with jig holes in it and it's got the Japanese black paint on it, you get zero point. You get zero points, right? But if you have a, a, a green frame that you welded all the jig holes up and and some brake fluid kind of ran down on it and ate through the paint in one area now you start losing points right Ah, okay so it's like the more you do the more you open yourself up to scrutinization and um 
And he's all, besides Mike, he's all, your truck's always the same, you know? And I'm just thinking like, well, geez, you know, it's like, I didn't realize that we had to evolve the trucks on a weekly basis, you know, because all these shows were about a week apart. So we were at the Anaheim RG canning and me and Brian are coming home in it on um, Sunday night. And, you know, I'm like three shades of pissed off that, that I lost and I didn't win the trophy and which, you know, in hindsight seems completely ridiculous now, but um, right. It was the, of the age. Yeah, I get it. I was just like, like, I can't believe it. You know, I keep losing to that stock truck. You know, it's like, what the fuck, you know? And he said, my truck's always the same. And then I don't know if it was me or Brian, but it, it was probably Brian goes, well, you know, why don't we paint it black before next weekend, before we take it up to Ventura? No way. <laughs> and I'm all, I'm all, you think we got enough time? He's like, yeah, we got enough time. And granted, you know, um, we had to work, you know, so we we're only working on it in the evenings. And so we got home Sunday night and we just started tearing the whole thing apart, pulled it into the garage and, um, we're just blowing the whole thing apart. Took everything off the fenders of the motor. I mean, because we painted the motor compartment, we jammed it, everything. It wasn't like you opened the doors and it was still white. You know, I mean, if we were going to do it, we we're going to do it at least to the best of our abilities the right way and complete. And so we got that thing painted. And um, this is the part I was talking about earlier with my parents was uh-huh. we're coming down to the wire. And this is those RG Canning shows were in the wintertime. You know, kind of from January till March. And so, you know, it was cold and we're painting in the garage. And um, this is before they had the automatic automated trash trucks that would come and lift the the (laughs) trash cans. That Right. So everybody had regular trash cans. So we were bringing trash cans into my parents' house after my parents went to bed. And my parents, my dad's <laughs> only rule is, I don't care what you guys do in the garage. As long as you can get your mother's car in there at the end of the night, you can do whatever you want. Yep, yep. And so we're we're spraying stuff, and we're opening the two front doors to the house. Or we're bringing the hood. We're bringing the doors. <laughs> we're bringing the tailgate into the house to dry. That's you know? awesome. And set, setting it on the trash cans that were on the side of the house, you know, a few hours before. And, um, you know, whenever we went to sleep, the next morning, my mom comes in and goes, what in the hell are you trying to do? Asphyxiate all of us? You were so stupid, you know, bringing that stuff into the house. You know, you're trying to kill us. And, you know, the right, whole house the smelled like and, a yeah. paper. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what you were and talking about earlier. Where she almost was like, not going to let you go from that one. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And you figure that's when paint was paint, too. It wasn't all water-based, either. You know? Right, right. You know, that was like, with the... Now I know why G.I. Joe did the public service announcements when they're like, if you're spraying paint, <laughs> do it in a, in a wide-open area, you know. <laughs> yeah, well-ventilated. Right, well-ventilated. Yeah, so yeah, we got the, the truck all back together Thursday night, and then we we towed it up there. And um, we met up with this other guy up in Manhattan Beach, Mike Norman, who had that that big Manhattan Beach Tonka toy truck. And we went up to Ventura, unloaded it, went inside there and set it up in the exhibition halls. And then come Sunday night, there's Mike getting his third place trophy again, you know, losing to, to Bob Torres is a um, very nice street pounder. <laughs> wow. You're like, but you know, that was the last time I showed my truck. I, I, I said that night, I go, I'll never show this ever again. And then from that point on, because that's when you'd go to a truck run and stuff and they, they would have like judging sheets Yep. and they would have like judges go around and, and they would like look at things and they would, they would check boxes and mark things up and make notes. And, and I, I always enjoyed 
standing back and watching people look at the picture of my truck where it was lowered on the ground. And for a while I used to bring one of the A arms with one of the 50 series tires on it and lay it down there. And, and I, I loved watching people enjoy it or point at things and look at it. And it was that day I go, you know, do I really give a fuck about these stupid trophies and whatever measly cash that, I completely eclipsed just getting the truck here. Right, right. Fuel or, and or, all that. Yeah. And I'm all, so from that point on, I just displayed my truck, you know, and I go, I'm not interested in being part of the car show or a truck show or whatever it is. I go, I just, just want to have it parked here. That was always good enough for me from that point. And I've kind of carried that whole philosophy into where I'm at now with, uh, with my Correct. Buick and stuff. Yep. Yeah, funny story about my Buick along those lines. If, if we can sure. take this, oh yeah. When uh, me and Eric Jackson we flamed my my Buick, we took it up to this um, KKOA car show that was out here in Riverside. And um, when um, when we pulled through the gate, I went up there with my friend Billy. We pulled through the gate, and we went and parked. And the guy that was behind us came up and goes, "Hey, they forgot to give you these cards. You know, the ones you put on your windshield to identify your car." And he handed me mine, and I just crumpled it up and just kind of <laughs> threw it. And I'm all, I wouldn't even have a car if they just let me bring my ice chest in here. You know, it's like, I'm not interested in the, the car show component. Yep. And then um, this is right around the, the same time. So this is probably 98. Okay. I mean, it was the summer of 98 when we flamed it. Me and um, Billy are walking around, and um, this is when when people started picking up a bunch of shit on the floor of their shops and welding it together and making a trophy out of it mm-hmm. and, you know, making homemade kind of unique trophies yeah, and, there was the hottest... and camshafts and all that stuff. Yeah. All that leftover junk. But, and there was one that was like hottest flames and I'm all, geez, I go, God, I'd like to win that, you know, and give that to Eric, you know, cause he would really appreciate it, you know, cause it was, his vision on my flames i told him like i want to flame from the headlights to the taillights but you know he's the one that you know took you know my verbal description and and made it a reality and so um i showed him a picture of a 50 merc that that i took up in paso i go can we do something like this and he's all we can do something like that but we'll do it differently and so um after we had walked around and saw those trophies, I go, God, I'd sure hate to lose on a technicality, you know? Mm. Oh, we're going to give it to that flame Buick over there. But since we don't know whose it is, we gave it to this guy <laughs> with this 55 Chevy, you know? Yeah, we didn't have a sheet. So I'm all, yeah, so I'm all, I could really go find that thing. So I went, I found it, and I straightened it all out and right, stuck it right. on my windshield. Like Spicoli and Fast and Times it, or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, so we're sitting there later in the day, and that Merc shows up there. And I'm all, oh, so much for that, you know. I, I kind of wasted my time digging that thing out of the trash. And um, and then he split. And then later on that day, the, the car ended up, you know, being awarded the Hottest Flames trophy, which um, which I, you know, very proudly went up and got. And I, you know, gave to Eric as soon as I saw him again. And, you know, he was really um, appreciative and dug it, you know. That's so but, awesome. But, yeah, as, as far as car shows go and judging, it's like, I, that was another thing about RG canning. It, it turned, I think one time my thing was like, Oh yeah, let's go judge your truck. Right. Now, where's your truck at? I want to go see it, you know, because who says you're qualified to even judge my truck? Yep. Yeah. 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 We were at a show one time and our friend had just this badass Integra four door was hydraulic down in Arizona and it's out here now full interior, everything. And the guy, he's like a real tool that he's still around this way and he's judging the car and a leaf blows in. 
and they see the leaf blow in and he's and he like kind of points to it and they're like, Yeah, the leaf just blew in and he's like, Yeah, I gotta take points off for that. And we're like, Really? Like a leaf just like fell in from a tree and you're gonna take a point off for that? Like, come on, man. That's when you just kinda go, dude, really? A trophy? Uh, I don't I don't need this, you know? Because like you said, you just you I mean, or some people aren't even qualified to be judges, you know? So Yeah, I mean I don't know what the criteria ever was, you right. know. Um I remember we were, I think it was up at Valley Run or something, and um, Tiny, who was, um, you know, a real kind of old timer, I think he'd kind of transitioned kind of from the vans into the mini trucks. Mm -hmm. And I think this was, it was either Valley Run or it was where they had Valley Run, it was the council run or something. But um, my truck was only a two high, two by, you know, it it wasn't a four wheel drive. Mm -hmm. So it would always kind of fall into this kind of category to where the the pre-runner trucks those were kind of picking up in popularity those guys didn't want me in their class you know because my truck was you know had every everything had been touched yes you know? whether it was good or not it's a different story but and the four bike guys they didn't want me in their class either because for the same reason so my truck always kind of like was kind of floating back and forth if if there was a, a too high two by class and I remember we we're at this this show and um this guy comes tiny comes up because hey Mike he's all you know the guy with that Datsun six twenty and it had like a mail carrier front axle on it and it looked like he let MacGyver weld it <laughs> weld it all together with a fucking nickel and a battery right right and um he's all hey you know this guy's causing a big stink he he says it's not fair because he did all the work on his truck and and you paid to get yours done. And that, you know, he should get the trophy. And I go, well, you know, first thing tiny is this, it's like, you know, it's like I go to work and I do electrical work so that I can afford to pay people to do what they do, you know? So as far as like me not physically doing it, yeah, I didn't physically do it, but I did go earn the money to pay somebody that knows how to weld to do it, you know? So yeah, I go, yep. Yeah, if you want to fucking give it to him, I go, I don't really care. You know, and this is as I was coming off of like the necessity of winning trophies. It's like, you know, it's not that big a deal to me. Go, go give it to him. But I, I just want you to understand that just because he did it himself doesn't mean it's any good. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, because there'd have to be a whole class for, you know, you stitch your own interior and you did your own chrome plating, you know, like at what point does it stop? You know what I mean? You built your own truck, you know, so. But, um, yeah, yeah if definitely. everybody did their own shit, nobody would make any money, you know? And, um, it's, it's one of those things that like with my stuff, you know, even the, the cars I have now, it's like, you know, I mean, I'm involved with all of it. I just can't take the credit for it, but you know, I, I'm there basically 90% of the time and I'm doing something and moving the ball forward. But, you know, I could never say I painted my car, you know, even though I sanded on it for a long time or, or, you know, you know, put the motor in it. You know, I, yeah, I physically put the engine in it, but you know, Brian's the one that welded the motor mounts into the frame, but you know, it's something that's got to be on the road with other cars too. And I can't have it coming apart. Yeah. And you were a part. Yeah. Let's be honest. You were a part of the build. It wasn't like you, you know, were some multimillionaire and you've never even seen it. And you just said, just build it for me. You know I mean? None of us, most of us haven't done everything on our vehicles anyway. So I, I get it. You know, some people get like really hung up on that, but you know, it's like I pay people to do what they do, you know, because I want it done right too. Oh know? yeah. 
So you kind of mentioned like there's the famous photo I had shared it in our group, and it's a photo like at a river run, and it looks like Brian might be sleeping. Couple couple guys are sleeping under it. That was actually that photo was the inspiration for our first river run shirt, where we have the guy laying under the truck, and then when we recently did the river run remix, I was like, man, it's only fitting that we put sky body, which I always wanted to do on the shirt. And of course the guys laying under the truck. But when you think about some of the river runs that you ended up going to, like did the truck not go to many events when it was black or was it just, it seemed like it was the tail end of the run of the truck that, you know, that, that you had with it. Yeah. I mean, that it was kind of the tail end of it when it was black, you know, cause basically um, that truck useless came out. Mm-hmm. That that um, John Lalo ended ended up on at the end, and um, that truck came out, and it had the gullwing doors, and you know, f- highly detailed undercarriage, and he had like a display that had like some sort of staircase that went up to it to look inside, and really professionally done interior, and it was a super nice truck, and and um, at that point, I was like, I I kind of felt, you know, after five years, you know, my truck had been getting stale, right, right, and so. Um, so me and Brian decided, oh, let's we can make my truck better, you know. Let's let's make it better. Let's make it different, you know. And and so we kind of went, and I had um this this guy down in um Ramona, Cliff First. I had him redo my whole chassis to where we narrowed the frame to make it four wheel steering. We made it um all the the mounts were finger mounted for the body mounts and all the suspension, and then um. While the, the frame was down there, we were suiciding the doors. We um, diamond the hood. And then um, I did some electrical work for Roger at Concepts when Brian worked for Concepts. And um, so they um, they did a, a roll pan kind of tailgate, smoothed the whole back of it out to where I was going to, you know, get rid of the stock taillights and then put um, put the taillights in the roll pan. If I was even going to put taillights, I don't even remember because the truck at that point was getting to the point to where I couldn't really even drive it and enjoy it. Uh huh. You know, just because every time I took it out, it was like I was sweating bullets on a cop pulling me over because it had a five percent limo tint windshield and headlights out of like a '89 Ford that didn't even shine anywhere near the street. <laughs> right. And you know, like I'd mentioned earlier, since it was only a four thousand you know, pound truck, my frame height was only allowed to be at like 27 inches and it was sitting more like at 36, you know? And, um, so it was just a fix a ticket every time it hit the street and Temecula back then, I mean, was kind of picking up speed as far as like a lot more cop presence. I mean, in the earlier, the early days, you know, three years before that, there was, um, there was like one sheriff that would kind of patrol around here half the time. And in between here and like Lake Elsinore, you know, about 20 minutes up the freeway. And so me and my brother started like getting tons of fix it tickets. And, and then, um, he ended up getting rid of his forerunner and then, and then my truck, you know, we kind of took it apart and we're going to kind of make it a a full on show track, you know, without the, the judging obviously. But, um, I had, you know, I had Doug Starbuck. I did a bunch of electrical work for him and he painted my frame and, the wheels were all in motion to to making the new improved sky body and i took everything off and had it down at the chrome shop you know every leaf was going to be plated and bought you know more shocks and and then um the hydraulic ram for the um, rear end Mm -hmm. 
because it was gonna be four wheel steering, and then we made it right hand drive as well. Holy shit! It was gonna be four wheel steering know, and right hand drive. Damn. Yeah, I'd have probably rolled it, but um, I'll, you know, it was. It's definitely my biggest failure in life is not seeing it through. You know, because um, even for years, I, we got the chassis all back together at one point, but I was like so withdrawn from it that uh-huh. um, Brian and Sal they took it up to some truck run up in Corona. I don't know. may have been Valley run again. It seemed like well, there was a lot of Valley runs, but um, that was the last time it was ever photographed. And it was in like some mini truck in magazine in 1997. Yeah. Maybe. So it, so it, w- what was ironic is it, when it was originally featured, it was, it was in issue six for winter 90. Brian McCormick shot it. And I was always curious if they just reused the photos, but you're right. It was September 98. It was on the cover of the 10th anniversary. No, no. It had like one more appearance at the, just the coverage oh, of the truck run. Right, right, right. Just right, the right. frame. Right, right, right. A black and white picture. And it said something like, oh, if you've been out. around for a while, you know, it's over at my parents' house with my collection of stuff I don't want to mess up. Yep, yep. But um, I'll snap a photo of it and send it to you or something. But, yeah, um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, because like you're saying, that was when the kind of that rebirth of it was was kind of in the making. Yeah, it was. I I already had my Buick by then, and I'd already kind of changed gears and was kind of heading into the old cars. But you know, I still had the frame, and it was kind of still oh, still port partially you know assembled. And I was going to put a 302 Ford in it, and I was going to make it four-wheel drive, mm-hmm. you know, for my friend Mike Norman, who gave me the most shit about it and still does, <laughs> about it being a, a two-high, two-by. Uh, you know, I, I've, I've been able to stay kind of connected with some of the, the guys from back in the day through through Instagram. And and I came across Mike on there, who was kind of like one of my um, my um, road dogs when we'd go do those RG Canning shows. And still to this day, every time that, there's a po- picture posted of it. If you see U.S. Machine Gun talking shit, that's him. <laughs> that's a true friend right there, man. The shit don't. The shit talking doesn't stop for you know thirty plus. You know, oh, I like it. Yeah, and, and I read it, and I was like, it almost has like a serious tone to it. Like he's like red assed about it, but <clears throat> you know, it is what it is. It was a too high, too buy, and yep. You know, I, I was like really surprised, like. The night that I was listening to your podcast, you had Alex Anderson on there, and and it even got mentioned for a truck that was had a five year lifespan thirty years ago, still had relevance, you know, thirty years later. Yeah, I think the naming of it, the colors, you know, the multiple changes, you know, the feature, the cover, like you said, even the show coverage, like where it popped up, uh, that's what helped just you know etch it in our minds. Uh, Brian Beard had asked, you know, the beginning of the story, which you've you've talked about that, but you kind of just said it, I think, a minute ago, like, would you do anything different? And it would maybe just be to see it through, like, on the last, you know, journey. But again, you were at a different point in your life at that point. Yeah, well, um, you know, when, when I kind of had it to that point to where it was kind of teetering on defensive completion or complete scrapping, yep. you know, I was 24 years old and it was like, well, okay. What happens if I um, if I get this thing together, I can cruise like movie theaters and high schools, or I can take this this little bit of change I got built up here, and I could buy a house. And um, my parents were really kind of forcing me to to do the right thing and buy a house. And yep. so at that point, it was that that was probably the where, where it tipped the scales over, and 
and I've kind of turned my back on it and all the, the good times we had in it. Oh, yeah. If you someone had asked, you know, would you ever, or one of our good buddies, Madhu, he's a good dude, he was like, would you ever recreate it? You know, these guys are doing that. But you've, you've kind of told me before we started, like, you know, just like I'm into the Lincolns, you know, you have your niche over with the hot rods. I mean, you got the 55 Buick, and then you've got a Cadillac as well. So that's where your love's at, it sounds like. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, ever since, you know, the um, the shirt logo came out and um, we had made contact, you know, the other day I was like, I was on Craigslist and the next thing you know, I'm searching like Nissan hard bodies. <laughs> there you go. Interest was peaked and, a little bit. And yeah, and then there, there was a guy on the, um, on the East Coast that had contacted me through um, Instagram or something and um, him and his daughter or his son were going to be building a truck or something and and he said it was, you know, Skybody was a big inspiration. He thought that, you know, I should make another one. And and then me and Brian have kind of talked about it. But it's like, it, as much as it's a, it's a nice thing to think about while I'm driving on the freeway, it's like, I don't think that that'll ever happen. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And it's, I mean, it would be cool. And I think that it would be a lot easier now, you know, now that we're 30 years down the road and have a, a much better, um, much better um, budget to work off of. Oh, yeah. And and having been through the ringer once before, with know where all the piles of dog shit are, not to step in them, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now, so the fate of it, I mean, it's pretty easy for us to piece together. It, it, you know, it sounds like you know some people have chimed in, right? So it sat at your parents a while, and then did people just start going, hey, you know, calling you, hey, man, do you have a such and such for this? I mean, did it get scrapped? Did it get parted out? I mean, kind of, is there a, an end game to that? Yeah. Um. The the bed I sold or something to the the guy that had the rhino lining business in in town here because he had like a Nissan hard body that was lowered and he got the bed. Um, Eric Jackson took the cab and him and some other guy took it out to Arizona for something. Ah. Um, the the tires went up to Stony Martell who had a big lifted um, um, Chevy S10 extra cab. Yep, yep. And um, the frame I sold to to some guy that was friends with um Sean Dell ah. and um Craig and Craig Elder. And the last time I ever saw it, I was um Sean had a shop down in Escondido and I was at the Chrome shop next door getting my license plate frame off my Buick, picking it up and I saw Sean's shop there and I was gonna pop in just to say, hey, what's going on? And I, I stepped in the door and I could see my chassis underneath a piece of clear no visplane. But Okay, this is still like twenty years ago. Right, right, right. But that was but that's still cool though to me that like after that time, like, you know, you immediately knew it because right, it was your truck for so long. So I think that's cool. Well, I knew Sean was kind of connected to the guy and yeah. um and I mean, you know, I mean you could st- still see the, the, the purple paint job that um that Doug Starbuck paint put put on it. Yep, yep. And um so, you know, I knew it was my truck. I mean Yeah. I mean, I knew from the door, you know, 20 yards away. But at the time, I, I kind of, like, looked at it. I kind of shrugged my shoulders. No one was visible in the shop, and I just kind of left. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, there there would be times where I'd walk through my garage, and I'd see the poster of it up on the wall. And then I'd look down at, like, what was left of it kind of in the, the single stall in my garage, and I'd just shake my head and just go, God, what did I do? You know, because it was a perfectly good truck. Maybe we could have fixed a few things on it, but it would just be just like kind of touching up and fixing things that we probably didn't have the best knowledge of doing originally. Sure. Sure. And basically taking apart, 
you know, what's, what's a very nice truck, you know, that, you know, anybody would have been happy to have it in the, the state it was in that, that I didn't think it was good enough to drive around anymore, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Um, just a couple more questions to value your time. Brian he, Gendro, he chimed in and said, ask him how he always disappeared at night at a truck run and came back the next morning missing his shoes or shirts. And then Eric chimed in and said to add to Brian's question, ask him about his one shoe collection. And with all the <laughs> shoes he lost, how uh, he would never lose his cheap gas station sunglasses or throwaway cameras he always took. <laughs> it was, um, you know, asking me what happened to the shoes, you'd be better off going to look for the shoes, I think, because <laughs> we, we're in a controlled environment at those truck runs to oh, where, yeah. you know, I always felt very secure that, um, you know, if I was going to pass out in somebody's camp or somebody, probably somebody that we knew or whatever. And, um, you know, there was a fence around the whole place and, and, you know, you could kind of cut loose and not really worry about anything happening, you know, and, you know, this is, you know, kind of mid to late 80s and everyone was very, very friendly and it was very kind of open thing other than those assholes stealing the ice chests and turning <laughs> off the DJ, you know, it was a pretty safe place to be. And, oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I, if I had a dollar for every time I came back on Sunday morning wondering where my left shoe or right shoe ended up and looking for the cat that shit in my mouth and... <laughs> <laughs> you know, swearing I'm never going to drink again. Oh, yeah. That's good times. Well, like I said, it was really awesome to put, you know, I was wanted. I love the color combo on it. We went back and forth, the white or the black version, and we settled for the black version that went on the River Run remix. And, it, you know, it's just paying homage like we did with the first one to the West Coast River Runs, you know. We would see the coverage. I mean, that Spring Splash 94 cover was so iconic. You know, Chris Anders' truck was out there, and you know, there were so many different events, you know, so we appreciate you letting us use it and hopefully it bring, brought back some good memories, man. Oh no. Yeah. It was just from the time I heard you and Alex talking about it <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, I've, I've got the poster in my garage yes. and, you know, sometimes you have things that are on the wall that are, but you just don't really look at them, yep. you know? And, um, you know, the, after I heard you guys talking about it, I mean, I was in shock, you know, that, that you even mentioned it. And um, then, you know, I kind of came back and I was looking at it and then I'd been over to my parents' house and dug through the magazine collection and was kind of flipping through some of the stuff from back in the day. And, you know, cause I, I have every picture of every trucking or mini trucking that I was like ever in there. I've got a couple to where I've like the giant trophy. I've got one where I'm in the trice on the tricycle and the tricycle race, you know, and ah. It wasn't just like my truck. I mean, I had like a couple of rare appearances in those things as well. That's so cool. Yeah, it was a good era, man. And when you, uh, for those that don't know, uh, I know a couple people have shared it. I don't know where the f original photo came from, but the 1991 calendar, I know we shared it, but I had borrowed it from C30 Direct, which is David Perfather, uh, Perfader. Per yeah, I believe David's the guy I was talking about a second ago. That oh, was, um, okay, saying, got it, got it. I see. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Got it. Okay, yeah. cool. Sorry, David. <laughs> so he had he had um, shared. It was like the ninety-one calendar, and that's you know the one that's. I mean, it's pretty rare. Like you probably only know of a few people that still have those. You know, as far as I'm 
as far as I know, my mom's the only one that has one. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So the lifted scene, you mentioned Craig Elder's name earlier. We'd love to eventually get him on. He's been on our list a while. Craig, you know, obviously had the success with the, you know, the Tahoe and the vans and stuff like that. And then, you know, as the 90s grew into the 2000s, you know, the trucks got crazier. I like the style that he was building, though, for a while because he had the bigger tires. And um, Graham had asked, Graham Hancock, one of our homies, he said, hey, ask him what he thinks of the lifted truck scene today. I know the biggest difference that I always see is like, you know, when you talked about the tires that you had back in those days, you know, you had a lot of meaty tires and the smaller wheels, which I think is a great combo. Now it's like reversed. It's it's these crazy low profile, lower profile tires, not as much meat, but obviously bigger wheels. Um, is there anything that you've noticed that just, you know, online and stuff that you just kind of cringe at or stuff that you like about the lifted scene these days? No, I, I don't really cringe in any of it. You know, I, I mean, a, a lifted truck always catches my eye on the freeway. And, um, and I, I, you know, I still see them on Instagram and stuff. And I see like lots of different variant styles, but you know, it's, it's still big as big, you know, and big's always going to catch people's eye. And, um, when I drive to work every morning, there's like a, a Ford excursion. It's, it sits at a car lot and it's, it's used for advertisement, but I, I've driven by this thing for like eight years and every morning, including this morning, I, I still look over to see where, where they've got it in the lot and it's, you know, head and shoulders above every other truck they've yeah, got yeah. in the lot. Yep. And so it always catches my eye and I always look at it and, and, you know, lifted trucks, you know, it's like Pete said, they never go out of style. You know, you could, you could dig a hole and bury one and you could bring it back out a hundred years from now. And it would always, it would still be an eye catcher. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I was watching Roadhouse with Pat Swayze right before the new year. And, uh, there's a scene in there where a guy's driving like a huge, <laughs> yeah, like Bigfoot literally. And I, and I thought to it myself, yeah. And I remember that era, you know, obviously that was kind of late eighties. I think it was 89, but you know, seeing those and some of the different movies and stuff. And then, you know, to your point, you know, it was always cool to me as a child. My, my dad's cousin, Wayne, he had a lift, a huge lift of truck. I don't know if he bought it or whatever, like in the eighties and we were kids and we just thought we, we thought it was Bigfoot. I mean, it was that big of a truck and it was always neat to see him, but we didn't obviously have as many over here on the East coast. Um, I did want to just ask you, um, you know, we hinted at the hot rod stuff, right? So, you know, I remember when I was pretty young and, and I was focused on buying a house and stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of us, many truckers went to full size trucks, you know, I had a bourbon for a while. And then, you know, we morphed into like Eddie rest in peace was in the Cadillacs. I'm in the Lincoln's, uh, Buicks, all that kind of stuff. But you know, where do you spend your time these days? It sounds like are some cool local hot rod events, grand national roadster show, that kind of stuff. Um, what's your favorite aspect about the hot rod scene these days with what you've got over, you know, on that side? Well, um, you know, I like the fact that, you know, a lot of, a lot of us are never going to outgrow our cars, you know, because they're so much older than us. And, um, you know, there's still, you know, lots of, lots of innovate, innovative stuff that came from mini trucks that are being incorporated into these, these customs. It's not so much the hot rods. I mean, the, you know, there's different clicks within the click with, within this whole, um, subculture scene. And, you know, I kind of call it that because it's more than just the cars. I mean, it's got a, a lot of different layers on it as well. But, um, you know, part of that's, you know, the traditional hot rods to where, 
you know, things are very specific and guys are building their cars to a specific era using parts that would only been available in that period of time and doing them very authentically. And then, then you've got like cars like my Buick, which, um, I've seen, I've seen a lot of negative stuff. I've seen a lot of positive stuff. You know, some people don't like the flames, you know, because, you know, it's, it's not traditional. And, and then I hear all this bags are for grocery shit and stuff, but you know, you know, my, my, my Buick has a, a large stereo system in it. Like my truck did, you know, it's got air ride suspension. Like, you know, Brian kind of, was on the leading edge of innovating Mm -hmm. and you know my buick was probably one of the the earlier cars that is in you know the the kind of custom um hot rodish kind of genre that um even had air ride on it i know that he bagged his his 50 chevy and he'd done another car for another guy rob fortier that worked for street rodder and and then um bones newt bones um car but i can't think of too many cars you know, Cuddy's car maybe that were before mine being bagged. And, um, you know, it's, these cars are kind of neat. I mean, there's a lot to look at on them and, and they, they kind of bring people back. I, I enjoy, like I said, with my truck is watching people look at my car and, and, you know, it, it appeals to a wide range of people from little kids to, you know, we came out to California in one of these things back in, you know, 1957. Oh yeah. You know, when that car was two years old yep. and, um, you know, I, if you want to talk to me about something, I mean, the truck was a little bit of a stretch for me because of my memory, but you know, I can talk about my Buick all day long, you know, and I've had that car for like, damn near 25 years. I've had it since 96, you know, so I've put a lot of miles on it and we've had a lot of fun in it. Yeah. And I'm always curious, where did you end up buying it? Cause you know, before we started, you kind of mentioned, a lot of times you'll hear this this phrase, man, they're getting harder to find. I hear that all the time with the Lincolns. If it's a coupe, if it's a convertible, you know, quote, they're getting harder to find. 20, 25 years ago, you end up with this Buick. Uh, how did you come about it? I mean, that was before, you know, Facebook Marketplace, obviously Craigslist, <laughs> MySpace, all that. Is that back in the auto trader days or just word of mouth? No, this was, yeah, it's definitely, you're right. It was auto trader. And, and I wasn't looking for a 55 Buick, but... I was kind of looking for a, sh- a shoebox or a, um, early fifties Chevy. I had always um, the Social Distortion album, um, somewhere between heaven and hell. Uh-huh. You know, um, Mike and Dennis and um, John and Chris are all in Mike's Pontiac, and it was a shot through the windshield, and it, it just it just looked like the guys going out cruising, you know. Uh-huh. And it was a big mid fifties wide custom, you know. I think it was a 55 um, Pontiac is what he had at um, Star Chief. And I'd always loved that picture. And then so I, I wasn't really finding any shoeboxes or Chevys. And then so I started kind of looking more towards Buicks and Oldsmobiles and Pontiacs because of that picture. Because I just thought that that's what it's all about, you know, just piling yeah. the guys in the car and then going cruising. And then so I came across my Buick on, um, you know, in Auto Trader. And then I, I called the guy up. He lived down in Ocean Beach. And I'm like, hey, can I come down and look at it? And he's all, well, you know, I got this chick coming to look at it and stuff. Um, you know, if if she doesn't want it, you know, 
I'll, I'll give you a call back. And I go, okay, well, I'm going to be at my brother's house who was living in San Diego. So if, if something should fall through, call me at this number. Because I mean, granted, this is all pre-cell phone, you know. And um, so I was at my brother's house. We we're going to go out that night or something. And the guy called up. He's all, hey, he's all that chick came. He's all, fuck her. She ain't got no money. He's all, if you want to come down and look at it, you know, you're next up. And so I went down and I'm all, yeah, I'll take it, you know, looking at it in the dark and stuff. And, um, and I bought it and I'm glad I bought it. You know, it's, it's been a good car. I mean, we've done a ton of work to it. I've done way more work to this than we ever did in my Nissan, but, um, you know, it's, it's become a, ve a very, um, recognizable car, I guess, within the scene. And oh, yeah. It's been around for so long and, um, and you know, it, it's not period correct. It's, it's nothing that they would have had in the fifties. It's right, definitely right. a nineties, it's a nineties custom, you know, it is what it is, but you know, it's usually got a trunk full of beer and it's usually got a crowd of people standing around it. And, um, and, and I enjoy the, the conversations that come from it and talking to the people and drinking beers out of the back of it and, that's what it's about, so, man. And if you think about all those years, you know, out of high school with the mini truck, you know, many different versions, obviously, you know, you've been an electrician. I think you had told me for, you know, since high school, right? So, you know, you got this great, great trade that you have. And then, you know, you end up with a hot rod or two and some cold beers on a weekend, hanging out with <laughs> friends and family. I mean, dude, that's life doesn't get much better than that, man. No. Yeah. I always look forward to those times. You know, it's, it's good to get out, you know, drive the car, get it in a controlled environment where you're not going to drive it and then crack a bunch of beers. And yep. And then it's not like the truck, the truck run days where you'd crawl under the shell and get in the bed of it. But um, <laughs> right. now, now my stuff kind of gravitates closer to like hotels. Oh, and, yeah. Um, and, but that's my area of roughing it now. Yeah, not it, sleeping on a beach with one shoe and some Carl's Jr. sunglasses <laughs> in my pocket. <laughs> you won't lose the sunglasses, I heard, though. But um, the, the Pete Finland, right? We brought his name up earlier. Hot Dog Designs, obviously, he's you know did a lot of you know worked on a lot of cool stuff over the years, including stuff that Brian built. Uh, I remember seeing his name associated with some of the trucks that Brian built. But I believe didn't he pinstripe? Was it the Buick or was that was it was the Buick Flames, right? No, um, that was Ryan that pinstriped oh, that. Okay, Ryan did that. Okay, yeah, up, um, up in Vegas now. Right, right when he moved out here. That's right. Okay, right when he moved out here from Texas, you know, um, he was trying to get a shop going down in the same complex that Brian was at, and he was kind of going through all this um, city red tape with getting his booth up and running, and me and Eric had just you know painted the flames on the car and. Um, and I hit up a few other people. I hit up like Von Franco and I'm like, Hey Franco, I go, you want to pinstripe my car? He's all, uh, yeah, no Mike. And then, um, I know Ryan was kind of scraping to, to get some income and I go, Hey, you want to come up to my house and pinstripe my Buick? He's all, I'm there. And I've got pictures of him doing it. And I, that I came across not too long ago. And I, I sent, sent them up to him through Instagram. And, um, that's cool. Yeah, it was, it was kind of funny. I mean, it's, it's been pretty a small world, but you know, like I, like I've said a number of times tonight, a lot of like where I come from and, and the, the my resources and the, the people that have helped me along the way, it, it's all rooted, you know, in the mini truck world. Yeah, it is. And one cool thing for the listeners, Ryan, who he's talking about is Ryan who painted Lobigo, 
that is now at Count Customs, right? And he, yeah. you know, obviously has has you know just a great guy. He's commented back on some things here and there. Uh, he painted. I always want to say, I get confused. Chaotic. I'm trying to remember if he painted the um, Steel Flame because um, there's so many different trucks. But but Ryan, you know, is obviously a very talented guy, and it's cool. The you know Ronnie over at C10 Talk and uh, and Truck Talk Media, he'll often you know use the word lineage. And the lineage that we have, though, in the mini truck scene, right, going all the way back those years and, you know, cover trucks that he painted. And then, you know, you fast forward, he's out in California. And then, oh, by the way, he helps you on your, you know, your sled, so to speak. So to me, that's the cool aspect of this whole kind of, you know, culture that we're a part of, right? We A lot of us can help each other out, you know, at certain points. But um, Oh, yeah. I've had a lot of help along the way. And, you know, I appreciate every bit of it. And you know, I, I've never been in the position to, to go drop my car off and say, call me when it's done and I'll show up with my checkbook. Yep. Yep. And, um, but I have been very fortunate to where, you know, I, I have had, you know, a lot of people that know what they're doing, kind of help me along and oh, kind of yeah. get me through the words on a lot of this stuff. And, you know, like I told you earlier, you know, Brian and Eric have been my two, you know, deepest resources and, but, you know, just kind of as I was kind of remembering back, you know, there was a lot of others along the way that have had their hands in with helping me along with either my, you know, my hot rod or my custom or, or even, um, you know, back with my mini truck, you know, like, you know, David Chappelle, you know, me and him built the whole chassis on my roadster pickup. And then, you know, he went and welded it up. Yeah. That's and, awesome, um, man. You know, now he's on like TV. <laughs> I, I know. Every time you say it too, I always think it's Chappelle's show. And when you said it to me earlier tonight, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I know him. I was like, wait. Um, the last thing before we wrap it up, I thought this was really cool. When we talked earlier, you had mentioned the Dogtown and Z Boys. I had to look it up. I, I remember it was about 20 years ago. It was 2001. That documentary came out. But are the rumors true? Was your car somehow in that? Yeah, my car was in it at the part where they're talking about how Craig Stenick was um, inspired to paint surfboards a little differently. You know, back then in the in the seventies, they were painting like three three colored stripes down the center of the board, and it was really kind of bland. But the part that he's mentioned he's mentioned in that my car kind of is in is that you know they're talking about how he's inspired by you know graffiti and they'd flash graffiti and lowriders and they show like an impala and then hot rods and then my buick a still photo of my buick kind of zooms through the screen and um i was thinking like wow they're doing a a movie that's kind of based in the late 70s and here we have my my buick and this is before it was painted this is when it was flames on primer and, you know, so it was 98, 99. So it was a whole 20 years later. And, you know, to have it be part of that, and it's been, it was in that movie Gone in 60 Seconds, you know, when they, when they steal the Merc out in front of the frolic room on Hollywood there and they crack off the flamethrowers, you look across the street and my Buick's sitting in front of the frolic room. That's sick, dude. And it was in a Brian Setzer video and, and then Ben Wood got me on two TV shows, Sticker Shock and um, that one that they do oh, in Temecula yeah. here, Car Masters. That's right. You Sticker Shock and then Car Masters. I had heard about those. The Sticker Shock one was cool. And which car did you have on there? The Buick. Oh, the Buick. Okay. And I think now I remember that episode, I think. 
And now, it was the last episode, episode 13. Yes, and what was ironic is since I've looked at your Instagram photos, I'm like, wait, I know him from somewhere, and that's probably where I saw you. Yeah, I mean, that was a good program, too. I liked that show just because it wasn't about anything in particular. You know, they had a kid with a bicycle. They had a guy with a motorhome. They had some guy that had, like, you know, a microbus, a Volkswagen, you know. It was just, like, bring whatever car you got and tell us the story of it and and um, we'll tell a little bit of the background of you and your car, and then we'll have some guy that does not appraise uh, anything come out and tell you it's not worth nothing, or or they'll overvalue it. And um, but it, yeah, that was a good show. Yeah, it it definitely was. And Fester was on there with quote last look, which was the Cal Concept Air <laughs> Syndicate, which uh you know he about went crazy, and it kind of sent the whole it sent shockwaves to the mini truck community because. You know, obviously, like you said earlier, talking about purists with a car, or is it really a hot rod, this, that, the other. You know, of course, you got people splitting hairs about, well, it can't be worth that, and this and that. So I think it did lead. I forget if the TV show led to it, but there was a cover that went, um, you know, back in those days. I think, you know, uh, Sean Carlson, rest in peace, he was even involved in it. But there was the cover that went over the rear, um, you know, the axle section of the truck, and it was all airbrushed. And somehow, I think he ended up acquiring that back. And I, I don't know if that was because someone saw the TV show, but it blew off, I think, I'm going from memory, I think it blew off the truck years ago when it was on the East Coast and someone found it and they had it. So to me, like even that aspect was cool. Like imagine having a missing piece and somebody goes, oh, I've got that in my garage, you know? <laughs> I mean, crazy stuff like that happened. It was something like that. I may not have all the details right, you know? But... um Dude, Mike, it's been, I mean, to me, it's been a true honor just to sit down with you. I know, you know, there's a lot of heritage that you have. Um, you got a lot of, uh, you know, stories and things like that. And I appreciate you sharing them with us and the listeners. You know, although it was 30 plus years ago, again, as I said earlier, it's really etched in our minds. You know, I think the name was fantastic, Skybody. But obviously the truck, other than Sean Dells, I don't know anybody's that's went through so much transformation. And obviously Sean's is... You know, he, he's kind of reinforced that he's eventually going to, you know, bring it back around. But I think truly that five to six year run that you had, man, may not have been a bigger, crazier run for any truck. And, you know, we tip our cap to you, man. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you having me on. And, you know, I, I really do appreciate that the fact that the, the truck's still relevant after all these years and and that you felt like, you know, talking to me would um, be interesting enough for your listeners and and it, it's been fun, you know, the past couple, you know, days I've been driving to work and home with complete silence, just trying to remember the chronology <laughs> of, of what we did back then. Dude, you know, it, I mean, and there's, you know, there was like three truck clubs that we didn't even get to mentioning that I was in in that short period of time. And, and, um, just a lot of, you know, good people, a lot of fun and, you know, it was, it was good, you know, kind of wholesome fun, you know? And I look back at, you know, those cruises, those cruise nights and things, you know, they weren't organized. It was just like every Friday and there would just be a whole slew of trucks, cars, all kinds of stuff, you know, just people getting out and it's really, you're hard pressed to, to go find that anymore. Yeah. And we, and we've talked, we've talked to guys that have said, Hey, you know, these, like when we had Rob Rodell on and he said, Hey, some of these guys I met at this, you know, at this one run when I went from Texas to Arizona was like, you know, we became lifelong friends, you know, and that's the cool thing about the car stuff. And, you know, I know Courtney rest in peace, you know, he was from that Southern California area and we've heard a lot of stories about people met him and 
obviously he was, you know, good friends with Brian and again, rest in peace, Courtney, you know, one of the true OGs, but that's the cool thing that, you know, we do the podcast and here's the ironic thing. I think it was basically a year ago we kicked off 2021 with Alex and I always wanted to have Alex who on, you mentioned him earlier, but it's like now fast forward a year and it's the first episode of 2022 and we were able to have you on. So like I said, it was an honor and you know, we, we mean that with all respect and we love the fact that you're still doing the hot rod stuff and you know, you're just still having fun because that's what it all comes down to. But you know, have fun this weekend. I know Brian's going to be in town, so give him a fist bump, and we'll be looking forward to, to linking up with him. And we'll um, any photos you have, we have a bunch of them. We'll share some, but feel feel free to send them our way, Mike. No, yeah, I got your number now, so I can text you stuff. And and it's just overloading stuff on Instagram. You know, it's oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And thanks for sharing that little video that you did the other day, and we'll we'll reshare that so people can see it and. Like I said, we really appreciate the heritage, the you know the the stories, all that stuff. Because I mean, a lot of us, uh, although we are on to different kind of uh, you know different trucks, you know we're in the mini truck scene still, but we like Lincolns and all that other stuff. We we still got you know our heart here in the mini truck scene. So again, thank you so much. Was there anything else that you wanted to mention? No, I, I just you know wanted to, again you know thank you for having me on and and um, it was a it was good rolling down memory lane. Yes, sir. Yeah, flamed underscore Buick five five, the number five five. You can follow Mike Collins and see some of the photos. We'll be sharing some of them, and uh, we certainly appreciate again you taking the time and uh, stay safe out there in California, dude. I per- yeah, you too. And um, if you're ever out this way, you know, hit me up. Oh, I will, Mike. Thank you so much, brother. We at you. Okay, cool. 